combat time! Where three friends talk about Mortal Kombat. And as always, I'm Josh, followed by Jay. Hello, hello. And you see. What up? What up with you guys? What's going on? Chilling. Killing it. Chilling like a villain, Bob Dylan on some penicillin. Yeah. Uh, oh, that Bob Dylan on penicillin. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, man, I was going to say chilling like Sub Zero. Nearly any task. Anyway. I'm I'm chilling like Johnny Cage on the set of one of his movies. There you go. Uh, we are very much chilling uh, this episode. Uh, we just got done talking about the the awesome entry in the Mortal Kombat franchise that is Sub Zero mythologies, <sighs> aka uh, watching your scene die a lot. And we will be very soon talking about uh, its sister game, Mortal Kombat Four. Uh, but we'll take another breather, another relaxed fit. <laughs> episode if you will <laughs> uh to we wanted to talk about fighting games that each of us have played outside of mortal Kombat, whether recently or in the nostalgic rose tinted past uh so we all kind of have our favorites ones that have stuck out uh so me personally i'm going to be talking about the n64 previously arcade classic mace the dark age uh you seem to like to talk about uh, the recent Power Ranger fighting game, uh, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, uh, or alternatively, mm-hmm. the, the old Power Rangers fighting game that came out in the Genesis back in the day. And Jay would like to talk about the uh, WWF WrestleMania arcade game, uh, which we talked about a little bit in a previous episode because there's still the theory that Shawn Michaels' sprite from that game may have made a secret appearance in MK2 and no one's discovered it yet, but you know. We don't know for sure. The world may never know. Only one person knows. Shawn Michaels. And that's Shawn Michaels. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you say Ed but but I do think it I do think it's actually important to address some of this, just because like the whole premise for this type of episode is just to talk about how Mortal Kombat as a you know, as a video game franchise has you know, touched other fighting games. There are Mortal Kombat clones, and although all three oh, of these games are not necessarily direct clones, at least for the cases of my game, um, WWF WrestleMania, the arcade game, there's echoes. There's echoes of Mortal Kombat that definitely influenced that game, and it's sort of like hard to ignore. And back in those days, I kind of feel like that when games were um, directly influenced by other games, they kind of like showed up in many different ways. You, there's probably God knows how many Street Fighter II clones out there that I've probably never touched. And there's also probably um, other brawler type games that have been out there. And it wouldn't surprise me now today. In fact, I know that I know there's actually, you know, Smash Brothers clones today, you know, that actually mirror the formula that Smash Brothers actually has as the quote unquote, like, you know, quintessential brawler that um, that people play right now. I think like Nickelodeon has their own Smash Brothers clone with like the Rugrats or something yeah. as fighting game characters in it. So this type of stuff Garfield. has been... 
Yep, and Garfield has been kind of around for a while, but it's been going on a heck of a lot longer. There wasn't just like, you know, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and Tekken back in the day, or even Virtual Fighter. There were many, many more um, outside of that where people were trying to cash in on these on these game successes because, I mean, if it makes money, why would you not, like, why would you stop doing it? So this is sort of like our episode to say, like, hey, these are the other fighting games that we played that kind of, like, you know, echoed a little bit of that from our favorite franchises in other areas. And there were a lot of Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, Virtua Fighter, Tekken, clones out there. I was going to say, mine, I don't think, is a Mortal Kombat clone at all. Would it be a Street Fighter clone? At least the the original Genesis. The original Genesis. I don't know if I played it. I played the beat up Power Rangers game back in the day. Yeah, the, that's the thing. Like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the the title game for that was different on different consoles. Like on the SNES, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers game was the beat 'em up, and then on Genesis, it was the fighting game. Oh, okay. Yeah. They both consoles didn't get both games. Mm-mm. Interesting. Not that I can tell. Uh, uh, later I on, later on, me, the Power Rangers. Oh. Go ahead. Like later on, the Power Rangers movie game was a beat 'em up. Okay, but I believe the beat 'em up game was at SNES. Yeah, I, I have a distinct memory of playing that with uh, my friend. We into the night, like in grade school, uh, where we got to the end. I think with the aid of cheat codes and saw the little ending animation with the whole gang riding in the car and some of them hanging out because it's a convertible. As my friend's father comes over. And he's shooting the shit with my dad, so we still have time to kill to beat the game and get to that point. Real good, real good memories. Real nostalgic. Never played the yeah, fighting I mean, game though. I remember first playing that Power Rangers game on at my friend's house, um, and I remember because this was, I mean, this was like the mid '90s, so it's like I didn't really have. I don't know if I had internet back then, uh, but I got, I got internet in '95, I think. But it was one of those things where like I was so obsessed with Power Rangers that like. Anything that gave me a good look at the suits, I freaked out about. Mm. And I remember back then, when you played the game, it had like these like cutscenes. Well, quote unquote cutscenes, just like you know, whatever this the Sega Genesis could do. And but there were a couple of shots where it basically were digitized versions of screenshots from the from the show. Oh, neat. So, so there was one where, like, you know, the Red Ranger and the Green Ranger are, like, holding hands, or, like, you know, shaking hands. Holding hands. And it's a clear it's shot. A little close, huh? Huh? <laughs> it was a holding hands. It got a little close, huh? Uh, you they, know, they, they had got that very bond special, of friendship formed, you know? They had a special relationship back then. It is morphing uh, time. <laughs> uh, but, um, but, yeah, I that was, like, I was, like, oh, man, I can't believe I got, like, such a clear shot of you know, the suits on my Sega. It's like, oh, this is really cool. But then playing it now, I'm like, man, this is like pixelated to crap. Well, what'd you and play it on? Did you play the emulator? Uh, you can say if you did. Yes. But I'm, like, I'm just going to say, my CRT Sega filter. Mini. Oh, okay. Never mind. Did you have the CRT filter? I'm going to, I'm going to be another champion for CRT filters, man. Of course, an old school game going to look like shit in a high def screen. I mean, it didn't look bad. It doesn't look bad playing it, but I'm just saying, like, my memory of how it looked like was... It, my memory looks HD. Your, yeah, your imagination definitely fills in a lot of blanks. Yeah. But it still looks good compared to the rest of the game. Like, those like those screenshots that they show 
in between matches. It's like, okay, that looks pretty good. Well, I mean, anytime you're a little kid and you're playing a movie time game, I seem to remember the Lawnmower Man, and they drop in some 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 screenshots from the movie that are all jelly bean vomit pixelated. But you know, as a kid, yeah. it's like, oh, it's just, it's just like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I have another. Oh, good. I still think I still think that the best way to play some of those old school retro games is when they give you the option to sort of set the aspect ratio. Because at least like with Third Strike, that game when it came out in arcades was at the was at an aspect ratio of one one. Um, so it's just a square box. And even when it's been subsequently re released, they've had options where you can stretch it to fit your TV screen, and it looks like absolute hot I mean, garbage. Why would you because want to do that? If it yeah, why would you want to do that? Unless because you Josh, the game to to figure into a widescreen tv fuck that yeah and josh this is where i'm agreeing with you like it like these a lot of these games were configured for classic crt tvs like we're talking like they had the antenna on them they had the wavy white lines and every dang thing so like these games were made for that and, and i kind of feel like that if you scrambled cinemax that your friend helped you uh cheat and get for free yeah yeah, yeah. And, and like nowadays everybody's gonna be playing them on their on their new ultra 4k high def 8k high definition screen screen tv with ultrasound and like netflix and stuff built in with ultra pixelization and stuff like that uh, and it's ultra just, pixelization it's, it's, that's a yeah i like so old yeah i know right i <laughs> I, uh, I proud to say that i played my game i'm going to talk about today on original hardware although i probably needed to less because my game is a 3d polygonical game and didn't have pixel art hey, but huh technically i played one well, yeah, you played a newer game, too, which we'll get into. Uh, I want to bring up another memory, too, and then I think I'm just going to hand the floor to you, you see, and I was going to say who wants to go first, talking about their game, but we've already talked about Power Rangers, so I'm just going to hand it to you to for you to talk about yours first, but uh, I had another memory I wanted to share about playing the original beat-em-up, is before I played it at home, I played it at a kiosk at a Sears department store in the shopping mall while my dad was trying to, you know, go do adult stuff and, and you know... <laughs> buy whatever dresser and bitching that i'm always I, we didn't come here to play games uh is that <laughs> i was going and i was playing that and they're getting into it and there's some littler kids like eight or nine that were coming and crowding around too and we were handing off playing and a parent was coming and watching us and like one of the littler kids picked jason and she's like why does everybody pick the red ranger i'm like because he's yeah. the coolest fuck you no nah. true anyway <laughs> Nah, no, man. I will say, I, I will say that if you pick any of the Rangers, technically you're picking the Red Ranger because every sprite is the Red Ranger, just colored differently. Lol. Lol. Wait, <laughs> so the the pink Ranger doesn't have the skirt. No, they do. Okay. Uh, she does, but like, that's the only other difference for her in just the color. They colored that extra little pixel in the crotch area specifically to make the skirt I mean, just for that it's point. It's a 16-bit. It's made for... This is perfect. You have a whole team of pellet swaps. <laughs> Pretty much. The, the only difference is like the uh, the weapons and the, some, uh, and the yeah. moves. I mean, the moves are animated differently. But yeah, I guess I could just get into it. Yeah, get into yeah, it. Man. Us about, yeah, uh, man. Let's talk about Power Rangers. Power go, Rangers. go, Power Rangers. Dun, 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 <laughs> it is morphing dun, time. Dun, go, go, Power Rangers. And now I got that theme song stuck in my head. I love that theme song. It's a, it's a, it's a banger of a theme song. It's one of the best theme songs. My friends, my uh, kids came over to my place and were wanting to watch a movie, and they chose the Power Rangers '90s movie. Right. Nice. 
Uh, it didn't last long though. The, they short attention yeah, spans of a child, and then the, the the youngest started to get I don't know scared when Zed and Rita came out. Even though he fucking knows Zed and Rita, he's watched the show, and then he he got sad because he got homesick because he he always cries every time he's away from home. So he had to shut up. Uh-huh. The movie. Yeah, it was, it was like uh-huh. I was real let down. I wanted to watch a fucking Power Rangers movie, and instead I got well, a you watch on your child. Own. Uh, yeah, it's on HBO Max, so I can watch it anytime. Actually, scene I want to say I've played the Power Rangers game that you're about to talk about. Not the new one, but the old one. And I yeah. remember, I don't have like stupid clear memories of it. I think I only rented it once for Blockbuster back in the day. But I do remember thinking that like the actual Ranger fight stuff was fun. But the Zord fights was a pain in the butt. Um, Is that um, in the fighting game? There were Zord fights? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Every, so I am thinking of the same game. Okay. Yeah. Every every basically every level starts with you fighting the monster as a ranger, and then you know you defeat it, and like the show, it goes big, and then you get the Megazord. No shit. Okay. I thought it was just like a brawler game of all the characters, all the human sized characters that you could think of. Nope. Neat. And then what sucks is if you go to the Megazord fight and you lose you have to start from the ranger fight again oh god oh god <laughs> so that was annoying um so yeah this game came out in 94 uh during the height of power rangers like crazy oh like, yeah it was everything back then and this game this i mean the you know mighty Morphin power rangers labeled game came out on the snes game boy genesis and game gear but I believe the Genesis is the only one that was a fighting game. I want to say wait, no, the there was game a fighting game in Super Nintendo as well because I, I think I remember seeing it in the shelves. Like the the, the cover wasn't. image was uh like a, the fucking uh, Zord, the Megazord punching Zed in the face. Uh, I think so, and it was and it was on top of the beat 'em up too because I remember playing the beat 'em up in SNES. I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw it. Just it never probably is it. one. I, hmm, I mean, I have to look into that one. There, I there probably was one later on, but I think the ones that came out in like late '94, that's the ones that were available. It was probably called Fighting Game on SNES to differentiate it from the original one. I'm gonna Google it, but I don't want to like make noise of my keys. <laughs> Wait, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Fighting Edition. Yep. SNES had one. There we go. Okay. The I wonder fighting if it's the same game. No, it came out in 95. Oh, okay. Oh, it looks different. Oh, this... Oh, yeah. This one is like season two, so it has a Thunderzord and Lord Zed. The original one was like season one with like Rita and Goldar and stuff. Oh, okay. And also, this one looks better. That's annoying. <laughs> Small... They should, they, should make, they should have made a video game time for the 2017 Power Rangers. Oh man, the, the the box art for the SNES one is pretty cool. It's got a Thunderzord punching out Lord Zed, which doesn't right. make sense. I don't, I don't know if he actually ever got big. He probably didn't, but you know, it's box art. It's meant to look cool. He maybe did once. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, let me move this real quick. I keep forgetting to move my iPad so that I can look at it and talk at the same time. There we go. Um. So yeah, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on it. On the Sega Genesis, uh, this game is way more simple than I remember. <laughs> it's, it's um, I mean the 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 story is very basic. I mean you're basically going through the begin, well, kind of the beginning of the game of the show, but not 
complete beginning. Like you're already powering is when you start. And you do like one battle and then you fight or one or two battles and you fight the Green Ranger and then you break he breaks the spell and then he becomes part of the team and then you can use him in the Dragon's Orc. The fighting mechanics is super, super simple. You have the directions and you have an attack button and a fierce attack button and that's it. Wow, that's that's like beat 'em up simple, but it's a fighting game. So even on the you know simple Sega Genesis three button controller, you only use two of the buttons. Damn, it's wild. Um, every character has three moves, but one of them is the shooting the gun, which every every character has. And of course, Tommy the Green Ranger has four moves because he's Tommy. Obviously, of course, of course, because it's Tommy. Yeah, of course it is. But yeah, it's it's super repetitive. Uh, there's not much as far as combos. You have one combo each, I think, or someone one or two combos. That's about it. Hitboxes aren't great as well. <laughs> sometimes there's sometimes where you'll jump behind a character and you'll punch and nothing happens for a bit. It's it's janky. Um, I think we're going to discover but, probably a lot of the games we're talking about today are probably going to be janky. I know mine. Is. Oh yeah, for sure. And I I don't expect this one to be great, but. In my head, when I when I remember it from back in the day, I was like, "Oh man, this is like Street Fighter to the point where you actually have like supers and stuff." But no, there's no supers in this game at all. Oh, like, like, like there's when a you say supers, that, you mean like well, Street Fighter Two didn't have supers, did it? Well, Super Street Fighter, no, uh, Super Street Fighter Turbo. There, did yeah, that, have that brought in DJ and Feilong and all yeah. them. I yeah, I played that one the least, so I don't know. I own Street Fighter Two, but I. Solidly played super. One of the later Street Fighter twos brought in like supers. Okay. And for some reason, I thought that this game had it, but it doesn't. It, there's like a, there's even like a bar under the health bar that fills up. I don't know what that does. Hmm. It's not a super. I don't know what it does. I don't know if it's a turn into a Zor. Is it stamina? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Anyway, there's not much to it. Uh, I played a bit of it. I didn't beat it yet. Uh, it's not hard game, but I just you get frustrated when you get to like the Megazord battle and then you die and you have to go back. Like, oh, God. It is fun to go between the different rangers, but like I said, it's all you know palette swaps and not much different in a lot of their moves. It's a fun thing to go back to, but I wouldn't say this is like a deep game or like a great game either. It's just like eh, it's fun. It's nostalgic. Um, I do like seeing some of the old classic monsters, like the uh, Madame Medusa, I think, is one of them. Uh, you get to fight Goldar. I, I'll be honest, I don't remember any of the monster names, let alone some of the monsters. I guess I haven't seen Power Rangers in a while. Dude, dude, Goldar is iconic, man. Well, you Goldar, everyone Goldar. fucking knows Goldar, man. Yeah. What about Eye Guy? Eye Guy? Yeah. Eye Guy's great. I like Is that Eye a guy. big, giant, like googly eye monster? Yeah. Don't he yeah, send his eye out he... floating? Yeah. I think we might have watched the. Uh, is it Zoo Ranger that that was based off of? I think we watched the original yeah. Sentai episode of that. Yeah. Cool. One of my favorites was this giant turtle monster that had a traffic light on his shell, <laughs> and he would use it to, like, slow down the Rangers if it was red and make them, like, 
really slow like well he slowed them down with yellow and then he made them really slow down like basically stopping it was red and he of course he never had it on green because that means that they're just normal but i used to love the fact that oh it's like a tortoise in the hair like you know knockoff i kind of thought that was cool well what monster was voiced by brian cranston i know he voiced a monster back in the day he voiced two uh shoot i forget the names of them they weren't big they were like monster of the week stuff it wasn't like how do you Brian Cranston tequila? No, that's not my tequila. Monster. Apparently, has a tequila. Everybody, every star has a tequila nowadays. They do. I thought the big thing was to make your own beer or wine. Not so many of them have like tequilas. Now it's tequila. I saw the Rock advertising a tequila at my local liquor store. I, there's three different signs: one outside, one at the door, and one inside of the shelves. The Rock <laughs> looking at me and very friendly. Friendly raising up a glass of tequila and says, have a drink. I'm like, okay, Rock, I don't drink tequila, but I might drink one with you. <laughs> okay, so he voiced two monsters in the original show, uh, the first season. One is called Snizzard and one is called Twin Man, which I don't remember. What, let me see what Twin Man looks like. I just find it ironic that he voiced monsters and then turned out to be Zordon many years later. I mean, the name... From what I could tell, I mean the 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 Billy's last name is Cranston because of him. No shit. Wait, because yeah. of him? That is true. I just realized that. Yeah, Billy Billy in the show. His yeah, his, his last name. Is Billy name Cranston. His name like is they, Billy they Cranston. Liked yeah, that's Cranston true. Enough that they named this character's last name after him. That's the thing that I'm wondering because he wasn't a big actor in in the early '90s. He wasn't a big actor, but he was probably an affable person. Maybe they just liked him. I don't know. Probably. But yeah, that's the that's the story right now is that yeah he his last name was probably because he I don't know maybe because he did he was one of the voices I don't know that's strange yeah I have to read up on that man I'm getting all Power um, Ranger like I wanna I'm, I'm getting on some kicks lately just like bugs that bite me that spring up suddenly and I want right. to consume whatever now I'm feeling the Power Rangers bug yo if you want to watch some Power Rangers man let me know I had borrowed the dvd set from you at one point never got to watch it i have to do that again i'm sure it's on somewhere some streaming somewhere uh the first three seasons are on netflix i don't got netflix but my favorite thing about power rangers is always that like how is that is that like how they went into like they start off like with the first couple of episodes which were great and all that but then they kind of like went into this whole phase where like every single episode it was very monster of the week and always 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 the kids were always into the most extracurricular activities that every school wanted all well, their yeah, kids to do. Yeah, because they're star students. They, yeah, yeah, they were, they were, they were, at, they were at the science fair. They were at the recycling event. They were at like, like, like they were at the theater show. They were doing charity work. Like these things, like these kids were the most productive members of society that anyone yeah, could ever possibly. Because it was the nineties, they're supposed to be stunning role models. Yeah, well, that was the thing. Like the the original show, like I mean, the original you know first you know three seasons or whatever, they were they were kids shows in every respect to the point where it was like, yeah, they you they, know, the drug they had messages at the, at the end of the episode saying yeah. like you know anti you know, um, don't fight unless you absolutely need to or something like that or you know they were like Tom uh, like Tommy or Jason David Frank had like his own VHS VHSs. Of like Tommy teaching karate, and then at the end of it, he would say something like, "You know, you know, uh, karate is not used for 
fighting is used for self-defense and for like improving yourself or something like that like there was always messages and you know they teamed up with like dare at one point or something like that and like that was their whole thing was like yeah this is a superhero show and you know whatever but like they were also teaching kids to be like but i mean to be fair they <laughs> they didn't they did violence but they would do weird workarounds where like you can't you know you can't hit somebody in the face in the show really so they would cut that out huh kind of a thing a little too or cool. like uh in season two where the putties they would have like the z's on their chest yeah yeah they did that because they're like well let's aim for the chest so that we don't have to hit the putties in the face oh really that was the thing. thing yeah and that wasn't any sentai footage that was all american no footage? that was their own because Zed, because the Z was for Zed. Yeah, and there was in no the show, Zed in which the show. was so yeah, which was original. Oh, which which kind of makes sense because like just kind of like throwing it back to the old Ninja Turtles cartoon. It's just like they're Ninja Turtles, but they actually, of course, can't do cartoon violence in that way. So even though Leonardo has double katanas, you never see him actually cut another individual, which is what katanas are supposed to do. Unless it was, of course, a robot, because that was always the thing with the Foot Clan. The Foot Clan were always yeah. originally supposed to be like, you know, like regular human beings that were recruited by the Shredder as far as recruits. But in the cartoon show, they were robots. So, of course, you can slice them up and it's no big deal. And the putties kind of like mirror that. It's just like, hey, don't, hey, kids, don't do violence against other human beings. But if they're putties invading your planet trying to take it over, then go all out. <laughs> So, I think what the putties right. feel. Putties are people too. We don't know. Hmm. Well, they're made from clay. So they're literally made from clay. So are humans. If you, if you go to to some creation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we were totally geeking out about some Power Rangers, but t- tell us tell us about the other one, the the, the other game that you're t- the the Battle for the oh. Grid, because I've been okay, I've so, seen that in shelves, and I, I kind of wanted to get it because it's on Switch. I think it's on. Yeah, it's on Switch. It's on. Uh, uh, PS4, PS5, uh, PS4, Xbox One, uh, PC as well. Um, so it is a fighting game that's in the style of, um, I guess, in the style of like Marvel's Capcom or uh, more recently Dragon Ball Fighters, where it's like team based. So yeah. you pick a team of three, and you can switch between them and sub them out and use them as assists and stuff like that. But it's not like Marvel's Capcom in that Marvel's Capcom had like, correct me if I'm wrong, Jay. Like it has like, the button layout is more like Street Fighter, where it's like high punch, low punch, high kick, low kick, kind of a thing. So that's Front more punch, of like a Tekken. So like, so that's more of a like sort of like Tekken or even a Mortal Kombat control scheme. If it's more oh, like right. Street Fighter, you're talking about a six button control scheme. So you have low punch, mid punch, high punch, low kick, right. mid kick, high kick, and then usually like. If they have like meters or mechanics that involve a meter, usually if you press all three buttons together, that'll do a super. Usually if you press two buttons together, whether low kick, high kick, um, or like mid kick and mid punch together, that usually does something like an EX move, a run, or like a block or something. Right. So this one, I think it's more modeled after, uh, it's more similar to Dragon Ball Fighters where it's like it has... Uh, I think weak attack, mid attack, high attack, and then it has like another button that's like a power attack kind of a thing. But I think that's what that's what Dragon Ball Fighters is like. And then it has like a throw button, and then an EX thing 
and then like a uh, super as well. Uh, so it's very similar to Dragon Ball Fighters. Um, this was actually developed by Enway, which I remember when this no was, way the news first. Came, it's a developer called Enway. I know, I was just fucking. <laughs> it's so that's the th- the thing about it is that when this was announced, I was worried about it because the other Power Rangers game that Enway made was the mobile game, which is Legacy Wars, which is a fighting game, but not really because it's a, it's on mobile, so it's like you can't do like you know. Yeah, so oh, it's Mortal different. Mortal Kombat it's, has a mobile game out too, but it's not like a. Uh, you can move, but the buttons are powers, not attacks. Kind of, it's it's different, right? Um, but when the first sh- uh, screenshots and trailer came out, I was like, "Oh man, did they just like upres the mobile game and make it like kind of shoehorn in fighting mechanics in it?" I hope they didn't, but it turned out that they they did it from the ground up. And they actually got like you know prevalent tournament tournament uh, gamers to bring input into the game from what i've heard so they've actually had a lot of like collaborations with like different people to like make this a legit fighting game and i i honestly think it's really good like it's way it's better than i thought it would be (laughs) when it first came out um the only problem was when it first came out it had an abysmal roster like it had like six characters or something like that like it didn't have anything and they added to it later Oh, they added a ton later. Modern games. Because um, yeah. it originally came out in 2019. And when it first came out, it had... I want to say it had like six or seven so characters. When you say six characters, it's like, what, a few rangers and a few villains? Obviously, you can't do yeah. all the rangers if you're only six. Uh, let me see what, what, what did it have. I'm trying to see if there's a list. Is it... Mostly season one stuff. Do they have like Zeo Rangers and stuff in there? Oh no, no, it it was a mix before, but it was like not every like iteration season. Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's a list of like. Anyway, I'm I'm just saying like it was it was like a very limited number of characters in the beginning, and they started adding with each season. Like they added a few more. Uh, Right now. It says 12 playable characters with 14 additional characters available as downloadable content. Um, it's a sizable amount. Um, and they have now, like, as this game stands now, they have a bunch from Mighty Morphin, obviously. Um, they have one from Power Rangers Zeo, uh, Lost Galaxy, Time Force, SPD, Mystic Force, Jungle Fury, and some of the newer stuff, too, but they have one, the Blue Ranger from the 2017 movie as well. No shit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, okay. And they also have a couple of characters from the comic book because um, the storyline for Battle for the Grid is basically lifted from the storyline from Shattered Grid, which is the run that came out a couple of years ago. It's like a multiverse which, thing? Huh? Is it like a multiverse thing? Yeah. Basically... Uh, evil Tommy from another universe uh, in a universe where he stayed with Rita instead of becoming a ranger uh-huh. and then he eventually kills Rita and basically goes on a quest to take everybody's power from every universe okay so Tommy yeah. is a villain yeah That's cool. he's called Lord Draken 
Dracon. That's badass. Dracon. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool suit, too. Because his suit is like a mix of the Green Ranger, the White Ranger, and the Zeo Ranger, and I think maybe even the Dino uh, Thunder Ranger a little bit as well. It's like a mix of all of his suits. Oh. It's really cool. So, yeah, the... the didn't didn't that same comic run um that also Kimberly went evil too and she became what's known as the Ranger Slayer? Yes, yeah. Yeah, she she has a different version as well, yeah. And she becomes good. Yeah, like uh like one thing I found out and I'll go ahead uh hold on. Yeah, and like and I like like and I'll post this in the chat, but Josh, just so you can see it, this was kind of like the suit design of this and it's real it's actually really freaking cool they basically like gave kimberly sort of like a dark version of the pink suit and even gave her like a little bit of a cape on here i'll go and post this. it sounds familiar yeah go like go ahead and check the chat not and don't mind the pictures i posted but i i, I, I saw um, that too that looks yeah. pretty cool that's a yeah it, like she's got like this bow and arrow and everything and it looks really freaking badass like oh i never read that comic line but i thought it was kind of cool that like basically you have evil like evil rangers that just kind of like are the main big bad and it's mainly tommy and kimberly like because they were kind of like shipped as a couple throughout the power ranger series at the time yeah it's honestly like that that initial run going up to shattered grid and then shattered grid itself was really cool um i've kind of fallen off a bit after that uh but i still hear it's a good comic and i want to get back into it but yeah the the storyline for the game is based off of Shattered Grid. Um, it's loosely based off of it. Anyway, they, they take some liberties, I think. Um, but the interesting thing is that they got a lot of the original actors to do their voices again for the nice. for the for the com- for the cutscenes or whatever. Which is like, it's still like more like comic book storyboard cutscenes kind of a thing. It's not like full on animated uh. cutscenes. But you got like Jason David Frank. Obviously, he comes back. Um, Jason's actor, Austin St. John, Adam's actor, Johnny and Bosch, the voice actor for Lord Zed, uh, not, uh, not Lord Zed, sorry. Um, I think he, he, he passed, away passed away recently. Yeah, he did pass away. I think recently. he passed away at around this time. Um, I mean, the voice actor for Zordon and Rita and Scorpina and Goldar, they came back as well. That's awesome. Um, even, uh, I think the Time Force, uh, what's his name? Quantum Ranger, uh, Daniel Southworth, he comes back for to do his voice as well. So they got they got a fair bit of like you know actual like the actual actors to come and do their voices, which is cool. Which is something that I was always annoyed about. With actually, that's that was the annoying thing about well about the original release of it was that they didn't have any of those voices. And they slid, they added added it in with like updates. Well, I'm kind of glad I didn't buy it when I was tempted to back. At 2019, but now if they've added all that stuff, I, you kind of got me wanting yeah. to go out and buy this shit. I mean, they even have Ryu and Chun Li. What the fuck? So, this is a thing that was like it was a, I don't know if it was a fan film, but it was like an it was like a collaboration thing with like a a YouTuber uh-huh. where they did like these like fight scenes, and one of them was like I think if you uh, Ryu and Ken, a uh, Ryu and Chun Li interacted with. They somehow interact with Tommy and another more recent ranger, and they give them morphers, and then they transform into like Power Rangers versions of themselves. <laughs> like, 
and those suits are in the in the in the game now. Okay, so it's not act. It's not classic Ryu and Shun Li, but it's no, powerful. it is though. Okay, and they even have like Angel Grove High versions of Ryu and Shun Li. Okay, wow. all right, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, you're selling that's me really on this funny. game, dude. It's a fun game, dude. I think it's really fun. Like, I was playing it a bit uh, over the weekend to get back into it, and I don't know, man. It feels good. Like, it's not as fast and high as fast paced as like Dragon Ball Fighters, which is better for me because I always thought Dragon Ball Fighters was way too fast for me. Um, maybe I'm just getting old. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, this one was fun, and it's also just the fact that you know I'm just. I'm way more of a Power Rangers fan than a Street Fighter fan. So seeing all these like cool characters doing these moves that I know about and recognize and like it's like, oh this is really cool. So I I don't know, I have fun playing this game. Uh I think it, I I've seen, you know, YouTubers like Maximilian Dude play it and he's he seems like very like surprised by it. Like he goes back to it once in a while because it's like he's like, it's his this has no right to be this fun <laughs> kind of a game. Yeah, because yeah. like, yeah, because like, one thing about that because Power Rangers, um, you know, and whatever the game is called, like with the grid, I admit I forget the name. Battle for the grid. Battle for the grid is that I feel like it's only problem because I saw some gameplay footage and it looked fun, but it got like no marketing. Like no one talks about this game. They will talk about Mortal Kombat, Tekken, Street Fighter. Um, they'll even talk about the Nickelodeon Smash clone before they'll talk about Power Rangers, you know, Battle for the Grid. And I remember you seeing you showing me pictures of it and gameplay footage. I remember I watched the trailer for it and it actually looked pretty decently fun. Like there was some cool like actual mechanics on there. Um, I will somewhat correct you from an earlier statement that it feels like Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I don't think it's probably going to translate 100% because Dragon Ball Fighter Z is a tag fighter. So its button layout is going to be like low punch, high punch, and then tag. So it has a six-button uh, six control scheme, but it's more along the lines of uh, ta- of Capcom versus Tasunoko or Tasunoko versus Capcom, where like you have like your light, like basically your light attack, your heavy attack, and then your tag out button. And your tag out just brings in your assist for... Mm-hmm. Just to do like whatever, and I don't think Power Rangers Battle for the Grid is a tag, like as a tag fighter. It is. Oh, it is. It is a tag fighter. Okay, well, never mind. I, guess I you, you, you you pick three characters to play to to be on your team, and you can tag them in and out. Okay, if, if that's the case, then yeah, it's a tag fighter specifically, yeah. which means yeah, it ha- it has that same it has that same six button six button control scheme. That must have been extra so. pathetic starting out with only six characters. <laughs> then to think about it, yeah, it was. That's why it, it, I lost interest in the beginning. It was just like, okay, it, you had uh, the Red Ranger, you had the Yellow Ranger, but she was in her like mech thing, which was from the comic. Um, you had, uh, I think you had, was the Ranger Slayer in there? I don't think she was. Um, you had the 2017 Ranger, the Blue Ranger, uh, which is weird. I was like, why don't you just bring the rest of them uh, if you have them? They all look the same. Um, you just put one. There was like the Black Ranger, but it was like the military version, like standard trooper from the other universe. So it wasn't actually the Black Ranger. It was like there was a, it was like a weird mix of different rangers. So and it was like maybe six to eight, I think. I think maybe it was eight or something like that. So yeah, the the tag aspect of it got a bit boring because there wasn't many to choose from. But now there's like yeah, 
It's like 20-something nice. characters, I think. That's now. a good, healthy roster. Yeah. So, and they're adding more. Like, they just added, uh, who did they add recently? They added, uh, Adam the Black Ranger, but like the ninja form. You remember in the movie where they had the, the ninja yeah, yeah. costume? So they got the Black Ranger for that, which is pretty cool. Cool. Uh, cool. But yeah, yeah, I think it's fun. I actually you know, I mean, I don't know if it would do it tonight, but I could show you, I could stream it for you some of it and show you how it looks. Yeah. I wonder if this is, yeah. uh, I'd be down on the shelves see it. at Walmart because I definitely I know it's a physical release. I, I'd like to get it because I don't want to. I don't want to keep think it is. software uh, digital releases and fill up my SD card and also also you know. cross platform. No shit. Yeah, so I I, could play I've ha- I have I have my copy on PS4 and PC, but I've played my PC version against my friend who was on the Switch. No, sh- okay, I'm get that settles it. I'm getting this game. Yeah, it takes a bit of finag like it took. A bit because you have to like create the an account on an uh, way account, which is the developers or whatever. No way. But once you do that, you basically is cross cross platform. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna seek this out. It's fun. I think it's fun. Yeah. But I was playing. I was playing. La- I was playing it last night a little bit. Man, the first person that I matched with online, I didn't get a hit in. Like. That's one of the things about the game. Like, if you play against someone who really knows what they're doing, they will just keep juggling you in the air for the whole match. It's oh god, ridiculous. it's it's one of those games where basically, all like much like a lot of tag fighters, this is unfortunately kind of a thing where like all it takes if someone knows what they're doing, who gets that first light punch? Like, they need to yeah. land that light punch. It's it's usually a crouching light punch or a jumping light punch, and the second that they do that. That goes into a combo string so much, you may as well just put down the controller, go make yourself a sandwich, come back, and then they'll st- they're will still comboing you, and you're still somehow alive, but you've lost like 88% of your health before they finally finish up. This is notoriously what, if you know what you're doing in Marvel vs. Capcom 2, the classic tag fighter, if you know what you're doing... All like all you have to do is just be like, okay, I chose like these three people. Who did you choose? Oh, I chose Storm, Magneto, and Sentinel. And at that point, you may as well quit because they know exactly what they're gonna do. They're gonna like juggle you for days, and all they have to do is just hit that one light, like light punch, and then boom, your ass is grass. So yep, it's sad. pretty much. So that 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 was one of those things where like, yeah, I I played the first match. I was like, ooh, maybe this isn't great because if every player that I play against is like this, I'm screwed. But then I played a few more and I was like, okay, I found some people that were a little bit more yeah, in my... Yeah, get different. Yeah, abilities. but that first one rocked me. I was like, oh. I didn't, I couldn't even block. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, I will say that, yeah, this game, it's not just Rangers. Like, there are some villains. Like, you can play as Reed or Repulsa now. You can play as Goldar. You can play as Lord Zed. You can play as Scorpina. Uh, there is... A recent villain called Poisand- Poisandra from Dino Charge, which was like a few years ago. Um, there is Daishi, which was like the one of the main villains from Jungle Fury, which is a cool dude. He has like, he's uh, basically like a lion costume. It's really cool. Uh, but the only thing is that there aren't many characters that look like you know your typical quote unquote kaiju, you know, monster of the week type of thing. That's my. I was like, if I can get like Eye Guy or like 
um, <clears throat> any of the they any of the like monster of the week films from like the older new ones. For some reason, that was that would feel interesting just because it'd be different. Yeah. Right now, everybody here is like you know pretty humanoid for the most part, except for uh, the Yellow Ranger Trini. She has like this dragon armor that kind of feels a little Godzilla slash um, like Dragon Sword esque a little bit. Interesting, but in human form. But yeah, it, she's basically like this big mech. I'd expect some because, like, if I'm envisioning like the the 16-bit games, it's like hell yeah, Monster of the Weeks, throw them in there. Yeah, they don't have the Monster of the Weeks in this game. They're more focused on getting like the Rangers, which I guess it makes sense. You know, that's what kind of what you are there for. Part of the I will say there is a mechanic monsters. that I will say there there is a mechanic. Uh, it's a, it's like another separate meter where you can pick a Megazord. There's like five or six Megazords that you can choose from. And if the meter fills up, you hit the button and it calls a Megazord to basically assist in the match Uh for like, I don't know, like 10, 15 seconds or something like that. And basically it responds to what, like the high, medium and strong buttons and it does different attacks. So like if you get the Dragonzord, you'll see the you'll hit a button and the tail will come into screen for a minute or it'll stomp or something or it'll shoot like missiles or something like that. So it also has that mechanic, which I that's always cool. forget that it's a, it is a mechanic, but it does help. I feel like that's a bit of a Marvel vs. Capcom thing. Cause I feel like they had something like that at some point, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a fun game. I think I think it's worth a shot. I I, I do think that like you said, Josh, like you don't hear anybody talking about it. I think it's because of the Power Ranger name. People don't expect it to be good because it's Power Rangers, which equals kids game, which means it's probably not good. But I think it's I think it's way better than people give it credit for. Huh. I guess I guess it could be it. I don't know. That's Jay that said that too, but I don't know. Oh yeah. Sorry. It's like, yeah, I guess maybe they figure oh tie in game, not even a big property. If the 2017 movie had been more successful, maybe people would be jazzed to see a Power Ranger game. But, huh, that's disappointing. But yeah, I'm still going to check it out. Cause I mean, it's still going strong. They're still doing DLCs even now. So yeah. it's like. Unlike NetherRealm or MK11, right? But yeah, that's that's Power Rangers Battle for the Grid and Genesis. It took a lot of time. Cool. Well, you got technically two games to talk about. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I would I would be hot to trot to talk about Mace, but uh, you know, since I'm hosting, I was gonna maybe even do it first. But uh, I'll just go ahead and Jay, I'm gonna pass it to you and talk talk about WWF, the arcade game WrestleMania. All right. So for this game, this is a game that I actually played um, quite a bit for a time period on the OG PlayStation 1. WWF WrestleMania the Arcade Game, it actually has to be called that because, you know, wrestling fighting games were nothing new even by this time. and And just to differentiate itself, they had to call it based on the actual different brands of wrestling at the time uh this game came out in 1995 but was in production during most of 1994 so again right around that same range when um wrestling was kind of doing its own thing and mortal kombat particularly mortal kombat 2 was at its prime um and the reason why they did it is because uh 
back then you had two different brands of wrestling. You had WCW and WWF. I was more of a fan of the WWF side, uh, particularly. WCW but, all day, baby. Yeah, I started yeah, everybody, with WCW because yeah, I had my, my Hulk Hogan and the NWO yep. and Goldberg. But then mm-hmm. maybe like a little later, Wolfpack, I, got, baby. Wolfpack, I got into WWF with the, the Rock mm-hmm. and the Sock Connection. This this was like sense. this was like sort of the early area though when I was actually into wrestling. I did go through a wrestling phase for probably about between like nineteen ninety five to Do about. Do you remember when, when Hulk Hogan made an appearance on Jay Leno and uh, there was a staged feud between them that actually yeah scared me as a child because I thought it was real until Jay Leno actually appeared on WW or WCW to wrestle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little tie-in thing. I'm sorry, <laughs> but like um. But, uh, but like a brief history on this is that like this idea of a wrestling fighting game that became WWF WrestleMania the arcade game was originally started by Mark Turmel. Um, and Mark Turmel really has nothing to do with Mortal Kombat. However, he did work for Midway and he was one of the designers on one of his old Smash hits, which is called Smash TV. If any, oh, uh, if, That's why that if any guys sounds are, familiar. Yep. Yep. And then also, what he later went on to do, which he was famously known for, is NBA Jam. A lot of people will know that title, and he was a lead and he was a lead designer on NBA Jam. So he wanted to dive into the more fighting game aspects as his next big project uh, for Midway. Mm-hmm. And but at the same time, he wanted to create a fighting game, but he did not want to create a fighting game that would compete with Mortal Kombat. However. What he did want to do is that he wanted to find like a different adaptation for it. So he chose the wacky, goofy, wild world of wrestling with its cartoon antics and cartoon-like characters because that was kind of what wrestling is and still kind of is. So that's so that's how the idea came. And he had a contact with a claim at the time that was able to make this game a real possibility. So, you know, just to kind of briefly skim over it, that's how this game, you know, WWF WrestleMania the arcade game, actually started. You know, came to be because of his, because of Mark Turmel's contact with the claim. So he was a lead, he was a lead um, designer on this game, but as a old school fighting game, it really only had eight characters. And the reason why is that much like Mortal Kombat, he wanted to use a lot of the same motion capture techniques. So they actually hired. The wrestlers to come out there in their full wrestling suits to be video shot and motion captured for the purposes of this fighting game and they got eight characters um as their roster and it is the only roster this is a game that you know was supposed to have a hidden character but it did not because the guy never showed up for it <laughs> um it was really supposed to have yeah, I'm not kidding. Uh, they, there was a really supposed to be nine characters, but again, one guy just basically got the plane ticket spot, and he just didn't get on the plane like well, several times. Be? Was it going to be a famous wow. wrestler? Or? Yeah, it was going to be. I don't know if you guys have ever heard the wrestler Mr. Perfect, but it was yeah, Mr. Perfect. That sounds familiar. Mr. Perfect was supposed to be a fight a fightable character in this game, but he just for whatever reason just never showed up. He never showed up to production day. He never got on the plane. He never checked into the hotel room. He was just a no call, no show, you know, for this entire game. But everybody else that they called did show up. So their roster, at least at the time, um, was as such. It was Brett the Hitman Hart, uh, Shawn Michaels, Bam Bam Bigelow, um, Yokozuna, if you know any of these names, nice. I'm yep. looking at the, this shot right now. I recognize every one of these yep, guys. Yep. Uh, the uh, the Undertaker, the Undertaker was in this game. Um, Lex Lugor, who I don't know too too well. 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Lex Luger. Um, yeah. Um, Razor Ramon, R.I.P. Because he died not too terribly long ago. Oh. So R.I.P. Mr. R. Razor Ramon. And then a guy I don't even know, but Doink the Clown, Doink who was a wrestling clown. clown. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Doink the Clown. This was a real thing—a wrestling clown who I never oh, heard of. Well, dude, you know, WC, WWF got more colorful as they went on. I mean, yep, I remember and, I like playing the N64 on a Mankind and the Godfather. You know, you remember him? Godfather. Godfather. <laughs> but anyway, but. But they um, they basically went out to the studio and for four days they filmed this, which originally, from what from my understanding, was two days of actual production work and two days of straight up partying. So, yeah, <laughs> of, course. of course. And a fun fact is that I don't know, man, if you've ever seen like, you know, video of Yokozuna, but you want to talk about a big dude. That's a big dude, and you can't tell from like, the little uh, the, the oh, profile oh, oh, picture oh. there of him on the on the uh, oh, oh, dude, oh, dude. Well, if you ever play the game, you understand. I mean, I've like, seen they, clips. like, yeah, like what they had to do is that they actually were late to start filming because Yokozuna had to walk from the hotel that he was staying at to the studio, which was only about like five hundred feet, and it took him an hour just to walk that because of how big he was. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like the. I mean, he's, that he's still an athlete, because, you know. He should. He, I, he performs. I feel like that people, people, I that people would say just because they want to make fun of him. Well, I mean, again, you need to see him like actually move on the wrestling ring. Like he is a big dude, to say the least. Like he's a very big dude. In fact, I'll even say this: he was so big that even the SNES could not contain him. So when the <laughs> SNES version came out. Uh, the the game had uh, what eight characters? Two characters were dropped, and and those two characters in the SNES version were Bam Bam Bigelow and Yokozuna because they are fat. Like that's literally the reason. How much of these are gonna? How much of this we gonna have to cut out? <laughs> it sounds like fat shaming. Fat hate. Well, yeah. well, it, well, well. It's not really. It's not necessarily bad. It's just that their sprites were so big because they are big people that the Super Nintendo at the time could not handle it. That, like that's just the cold hard truth. Like that's just not. That can't be true. I think it means like <laughs> they, they couldn't handle uh, different proportioned characters. Like maybe it's too much memory. But then again, I'm BSing. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, but but I mean, Bam Bam Bigelow was also a big dude too. Um, if you've ever seen him wrestle, he was known he was known for his stature as well. Um, but not like Yokozuna. Yokozuna was like OG um, on that front. Uh, this game also did have a very similar. Actually, in fact, it had the exact same control scheme as Mortal Kombat, like one hundred percent. It had its low punch, its high punch. It's high kick, it's low kick, and it had a block button right in the middle, just there, like Mortal Kombat. Was there no grappling at all? Uh, oh yeah, there was grappling. Like okay. you could throw in the like you could throw in this game. The one thing it didn't have is that because this game came out before Mortal Kombat three, it doesn't have a dedicated run button, but you can run in this game. Like you had to press, I believe, high kick and low kick um, at the same time to actually initiate a run, um, but you could do it. Um, let's see. 
As far as like pacing wise, this game is more fast paced than your typical wrestling game. Like I've never really been a big fan of like wrestling fighting games because I always found them kind of slow and clunky like wrestling tends to be. (laughs) Yeah, but not this game. If NBA Jam cartoonishly exaggerated basketball with people doing double bat flips and the basketball being on fire and shattering like stuff and you have Al Gore and Bill Clinton's characters in the game, (laughs) um, you know. (coughs) Um, this game had cartoonishly exaggerated moves, very akin to Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. Like you had scenes where the Undertaker would literally pull a coffin, at, or I'm sorry, a tombstone out of his pocket and slam someone's head with it. Um, you had Doink the Clown put a buzzer on his hand and shock someone basically, you know, into the face. You had Razor Ramon pull out an invisible sword and slap someone with it. <laughs> um, Bret Hart would do a rolling uppercut, like he would roll into a ball like Kano, and then just roll into a, a like a rising uppercut like Street Fighter, and the dude would fly in the air. So this thing had like all types of cartoonishly ridiculous moves, as well as regular wrestling moves. You had drop kicks, you had suplexes, you had pal drivers, and you had people jumping up, like climbing up on the ring, and doing elbow dives and stuff from afar. So this game was like all about the over-exaggeration. Um, on top of that, you know, as far as like other aspects of it, you did have like commentary by Vince McMahon. Um, his dialogue is in this game, as well as Jerry the King Lawler, if nice. anybody's familiar with that person who did commentary. Um, you had that, and each character had their own theme music in the arcade version, but subsequently in other ported versions, the music is just non-existent it's like it didn't port correct or didn't convert correctly so like in the memory for it yeah it didn't have the memory for it so like in the in the playstation version for example it's like a near cut for cut version of the arcade version but the music just doesn't play for or at least the character themes don't but all the other sounds are in there um as well um also much like mortal Kombat, um there are fatalities in this game there's only one um but it does exist, and, conveni- and conveniently, it is the fatality is owned. The one fatality in the game is owned by the Undertaker. It is a move that is very much like Mortal Kombat, where like after you beat the dude, rather than pinning them, they'll stand, you know, and then they'll wobble like they're like they're waiting for something, like in Mortal Kombat, right before you do about to, you're about to do a fatality. If you input the correct button sequence. The Undertaker will summon a coffin up that will appear from the stage and he will push the player into that coffin, close it, and the coffin will sink underneath the stage and then an RIP tombstone will rise up and the Undertaker will raise his fists in victory Badass. with his theme song. So it's pretty it's pretty reminiscent he's, he's of that. the only character that gets to do a finisher? Yeah. The reason for that is that like WWF at the time, because because this was not a fully midway game. This was a midway game with a um, with assistance from Acclaim, which actually owned the rights to all the wrestling characters. That's why they could make is this that what work. It is? Okay. Yeah. So it was really Acclaim's, you know, Acclaim saying that like they didn't want you know fatalities in the game. Fatalities were actually made for every single character in the game, but they never really went through and actually put it in the arcade. Excuse me, arcade version. Because they wanted to keep it family friendly. And because of that, when characters get hit, or they get hit a lot, they do quote unquote bleed, but they don't bleed blood. Like most characters will have like basically drops of sweat that'll fall off them. Also like real wrestling where they just got that obscene amounts of water spray or sweat just coming off. 
Mm -hmm. But also what they'll have is that they'll have things that are associated with their theme a little bit. So like if Doink the Clown gets hit too much, then little like, you know, toys and stuff will fall out of him for whatever reason. Um, Brett the Hitman Heart had little hearts fall out of him. Of course. Um, Shawn Michaels had music notes fall out of him. <laughs> I don't know why. But the, um, Undertaker had like little ghosts that would fall out of him. So it was always just random stuff. So this game was always meant to be kind of like tongue in cheek in a way. Um, let's see. The game also, uh, also not like Mortal Kombat, but more like Street Fighter. The game did have the mechanic of a combo meter. So like what you could do is that like the more you got hit, the more this combo meter would build up and then it would flash and say the word combo up at the top of it, right? So when you're like when that combo meter flash, you can initiate it and instead of like a super move, you would do essentially like a 10, 20 hit combo, uh, like essentially. I don't know if you guys have played Tekken and you know that like in Tekken they have these like 10 hit combos that every character has, but they're kind of hard to do because it requires a very, you know, intricately timed button sequence. And most people can't do like the entire sequence without it being interrupted in Tekken. Also, um, was Tekken Seven, uh, Craig teaching me how to do the Badoop Badoop. Yep, the, the Badoop Badoop exactly. Badoop Badoop Badoop. badoop. Mm -hmm. It's a lot like that. However, like imagine it being like twenty hits. Um, in this game, they had that every character had it, and it would just run through all their moves, and they would initiate it with some with some move that had a shadow effect on it that would that would turn warm colors to just say that you basically completed it and it would take off like 75% of the player's health if you could get it right. Um, it was a lot of fun. And the game had like everything about wrestling that you could want. Like it had, uh, you know, you could like throw someone and throw them against the ring and it would start a running match. You could do a clothesline on that one with just about anybody or a drop kick. You could like go up on the top of the ring and jump off. Um, it wasn't necessarily on a fully 2d plane it was on like one of those i guess you could say like um uh like almost like a i want to say like a streets yeah an isometric plane where like players can not only go left and right but they can go up and down too so it was on this sort of like slanted plane a la streets of rage a la the simpsons arcade game a la you know like um uh uh the uh Turtles and Time. Any beat em a up you've bit. ever played, yeah. Yeah, any beat em up you ever played. So the game had that sort of like almost like forced 3D sort of like look to it. And because of that, you could have more than one player on a stage. In fact, this game was designed to be one on one, but in a lot of times in the regular arcade mode, you could you would actually do two on like two on one, three on one, and in some cases, you versus every single player in the entire game, um, which was where the difficulty options come in. God, you could either do like dropped on that. Uh, well, actually, no, not on the arcade version. The arcade, I don't know yeah. about the MS DOS. I don't know about the MS DOS version, but on the arcade version, no, this thing was actually fine. So, like, you could do like um, the Intercontinental Championship or the World Wrestling Federation Championship, as far as like difficulty. So it only had two options. Um, but the World Wrestling Federation had one where you had to beat every single player one-on-one -on -one, and then you had to beat every single player in a like in a 2v1 and then the final bit was basically more or less like a massive cage match of like everybody versus everybody where like everybody is in one ring um or at least two or three characters in a ring and you had to beat up everybody in order to actually win everything with one life bar like you actually got no health if so if you lost you lost you just had to be good enough to dodge everything and learn how to block <laughs> 
So it was kind of intense. And this game, honestly, was a crap ton of fun and stupid addicting. Like, it actually made sure that you had to know your character, know their moves, know how to block, know when to run, know when to, like, run out the stage and run back in the stage to bait the NPC opponent out. And it actually had some decently high-end mechanics because this was the product of Midway designers. Like, they actually designed, um, like, the fighting moves, um, the hitboxes and the actual core mechanics of the game and acclaim just basically provided with you know the licensing to the characters and the voice like and actually the voices of like vince mcmahon jerry the king lawler and some of the music involved into it um unfortunately this game was not without its faults um it had only one stage which was the wrestling stage so characters did not get their own stage it's basically no matter what you do you're always fighting on the same wrestling stage the entire time i'm not going to expect a wrestling game to have multiple stages that's just not in my expectation list well some did because this before they did yeah Uh, really like when you when you go to like uh wcw versus nwo or like revenge or whatever i think even like wwf raw right where they have like different rings, like like different arenas. Yeah, like some stages are themed. Like um, this game, um, uh, WWF WrestleMania, the arcade game, it actually did have a sequel from Acclaim that had nothing to do with Midway called WWF In Your House, where they actually, like where they added more wrestlers, so they expanded the roster. And you actually did have themed stages, like The Undertaker, the wrestling stage was in a crypt. Um, there was a another wrestler called Gold Dust, which was in a gold themed uh, wrestling yeah. stage. I remember Gold Dust. Yeah, yeah. Shawn Michaels was in the sequel too, and he had like a nightclub for some reason. <laughs> um, but this okay, yeah. And oh, then, yeah. and then Owen Hart. Um, if you guys know who Owen Hart is, he's he's a wrestler that unfortunately died I from a fall. He did. Yeah, yeah. But he was in this. He was in the sequel, and he, of course, was playing in a House of Cards. So his. So they did have like theme matches in the sequel, but in the original arcade version, which is the better game, by the way, they didn't have that. They just had one wrestling match. It had the standard like red, white, and blue like tight ropes um, on it with an audience that had things on it. But I still have a lot of fond memories from this game because each character is unique like whenever i say the sprites were variable translated from the motion capture like they did in mortal Kombat, it's a really well done transfer like you actually get to see the details on the faces um none of the sprites are alike nobody is palette swap like doink the clown feels astronomically different from say sean michaels sean michaels feel, feels very different from yokozuna from the way that they Josh, hit if you want a reference to doink the clown i put it into the chat i saw there yeah he looks quite uh alarming <laughs> yeah. distressing yeah. oh it might be the word yeah, yeah he, he looks like a clown but he also has a clown as buff and can knock me out with one punch. Not, yep, I do not I am I am so unaware of Doink the Clown. I never saw him in anything. I've I've seen everybody else in a wrestling ring at some point. Even Lex Lugor, who I only saw like once, but I never saw Doink the Clown. I never saw him in a wrestling match. So he so his career must have been over by the time this game came out. <laughs> Because I was kind of in wrestling around the time that this like that this game came out, actually. Yeah, me so, too. But like I said, I was a WCW kid early on when this game came out. Didn't move to mm-hmm. WWF later. But I, I somewhat remember Doink, but maybe it's because of this game. But yeah, but that screenshot that you see of like The Undertaker and Doink the Clown in the wrestling ring, 
it's that stage through the whole game. And on the PlayStation version, um, you have no theme music to go with it. So the only thing you're doing is that you're hearing the sounds of the crowd, uh, Vince McMahon and Jerry the King Lawler, and the in and the inner sound of the game of like victory or defeat or whatever. So, 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 so really, it's it, a sports game. Yeah, it really is more of a sports-based fighting game. I'm not kidding. Yeah, it actually was kind of like, you know, designed that way. You know, I said that jokingly, but so is NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and they don't have background music either. They're just like you're watching a sports match. You hear the commentators. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but... Um, NBA Jam doesn't have background music. Not from what I remember. I, uh, I can't remember if they do or not. just hear the, the, the endless squeaking of sneakers on the thing and, you know, the mm. commentators saying shit. There might be ver there might be gameplay modes that like on the home versions that have music, but you know I haven't played NBA Jam since. Uh, well, you and I dabbled in it a little bit in Jay's SNES Mini when he was away. The cat's away. Let 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 uh, let my friends in uh, Jay's place, and we play his SNES Mini without him knowing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you talking? Oh, you and me? I yeah, yeah, yeah. You and me? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Jay. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That was a fun time. That was a fun time. Mm -hmm. And then the only time before that was back when uh, it was at the place I used to work at where I, I detailed in a previous outro about me becoming a true detective and discovering where the ghost was coming from. It was coming from mm -hmm. the NBA jam. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, but I guess like some fun stories I learned about the quote unquote like four days that all these wrestlers were flown out to actually film this um, from basically from what I heard, like it was a mixed bag of like how quote unquote professional all these guys were like, apparently like the undertaker was sort of middle of the road and, you know, it just kind of shows what type of guy the undertaker is because like, as soon as he got there and he was filming his stuff, the only thing he required on set is that he demanded that one guy get him like a bottle of Jack Daniels. Okay. <laughs> so he, so he just had to have his Jack Daniels, but apparently Small like Shawn Michaels. Does that motherfucker still wrestle? Has it been the same undertaker since we were kids? It, yes, it has. I think he's but, finally done. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, I think yeah, I he retired. How the fuck old was he when he retired? Because he looked old already. I mean, to be fair, like, I mean, how old? How old was Ric Flair when he finally retired? Like, he was like up there, man. He was like in his sixties when he finally retired. Well, it's like Undertaker looked like in his fifties already, and that's probably because of the makeup and all that. And here it is, like in the two thousands, and the motherfuckers was still yeah, he didn't, wrestling. He didn't need to use any makeup when he. Yeah, he just no. kept doing the makeup. <laughs> Dude, I, st I, I still but. used to respect the ever-living crap out of him because he used to, like, walk on the tightrope of the wrestling ring, and he would did it effortlessly. And I'm like, there's no way that anybody's holding him up. That's pure skill. And that dude but he is, can like do that big and tall. Oh, yeah, he's he big. He's a big dude. He does to do that, but he did. Yeah, but he does. And I always thought that The Undertaker was just stupid cool because of that. And conveniently enough, I, I love the fact that he's the only one with a fatality in this entire oh, yeah, game. And... Yeah. What's sad, though, is that I can say that, like, I never did this fatality because that fatality only exists in the arcade version of the game. It does not exist in any of the ports because they had to cut corners. Like I said, in the SES version, they had to cut two characters out of it because the sprites were too big. Yeah, I need to, we, we do need to fact check that if it was just because usually it's, you know, they just don't have a memory and they just pick the characters they think people will pick the least. I don't know if there was a memory restriction on yokozuna and bam bam bigelow because they are bigger i mean if you did if you look at the SES version only those two characters were cut i can't think of any pixels. reason why they were cut because they were the biggest pixels out of the entire roster i don't know 
know. <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong, but you know, because it didn't go into detail. But that's what I read, and it is true in or the maybe SNS they were just version. like the least popular characters, like Kano and Sonya and MK too. Yeah, maybe, but you know, I kind of doubt it, man. Like mo- more people know who Yokozuna is than Doink the Clown. <laughs> so mm, good point. Yeah, um, but. This game it like has a pretty strong nostalgic point in my heart because there was a period of time where like I basically was playing nothing but this on the PlayStation back in the day. I remember spending hours doing it. I beat the game several times. I tried to do every single combo with every single character because they were all unique. Um, it kind of it kind of is refreshing because like this is obviously in my opinion I put it in the Mortal Kombat clone category because it had the oh, yeah. same level of um, tech, at least tech at the time, involved with this motion capture where they had to film everybody doing these moves like for days and days. I mean, they didn't just film them doing their moves and their throws and stuff. Like These guys had taunts, too, and they actually filmed them doing their taunts. <laughs> so... Like, they even filmed, like, their assistants. Like, Yokozuna had a guy with him called Mr. Fuji that would be, that was basically, like, his intro guy. And they even filmed him um, in this game. But he only ever appeared, like, in one shot in the entire arcade version. But didn't really... But that, of course, didn't translate into any of the ports. So I never saw him. Um, and the fact that they even got, like, Vince McMahon and Jerry the King Lawler to do dialogue for it, I feel like, like, you just don't see that level of commitment to a sort of idea that let's just do a fighting game based, you know, based on this, you know, basically for everybody, and let's make it fun and over-exaggerated. Like, part of the reason why I was even into wrestling for as long as I was was partly because of this game, because I thought it was so much fun. Because if I wanted to do Shawn Michaels' sweet chin music, which was his finishing move in wrestling, I could do it in this game. Like, you could, like, wind it up, he would stomp on the ground a bit, and then wind up that kick, and then do that, like, that glorious sidekick. <laughs> and the Undertaker would do his, like, you know, basically his tombstone power driver, where he would grab you, and then he would do a power driver, but throw you, but throw your body up exactly, you know, vertical, upside down, like you're, like you're, like you're being tombstoned. <laughs> like, that was his super move. And Bret Hart would also do, like, crazy rolling uppercuts and dropping elbows and stuff like that like it may as well have been macho man randy savage's like freaking super move and the fact that you could do this it was cool and you could do this stuff from the ring onto outside the ring like the actual wrestling ring was just a stage but you oh, could yeah. roll out of it and fight any, on the outside of any it. wrestling game worth its salt is going to let you exit the ring and fight outside of it and use the metal chair and all that good stuff. Oh yeah, even um, what was it WWF Royal Rumble, which was on the Genesis? Yeah, I think I played that in the well. SNES. See, I played oh. like several wrestling games. Like I remember playing one on the SNES. It was WCW because I remember Hulk Hogan and I remember being. It was a lot simpler than this. It was more realistic, and I remember playing the N sixty four era. WWF ones with like Mankind and The Rock and all that. But I never played this. I knew about it all this time, but I never got to play it. And it sounds like a fucking hoot just because it's Mortal Kombat crossed with wrestling. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, I can tell you, it's a lot of fun. Like, it's one of those games that I don't give this title lightly, but it's one of those games that, in my opinion, has the perfect speed. So, you've seen, you know, you said that like Dragon Ball Z Fighters is a bit too fast. I agree with you, by the way, because I think it is too fast. And then you got games like Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee, which I like, but I feel like it's too slow. Um, and most wrestling mm-hmm. games are too slow. 
And then you've got these games that, in my opinion, are the absolute perfect speed. Like Marvel vs. Capcom 2, it's not as fast as Fighter Z, but in my opinion, it, it, it can be a bit too overwhelming because there's so much going on in the screen at one time and the camera moves so much. But, like, for example, like Third Strike, um, re like, really any street, any version of Street Fighter 3, really. Um, street Fighter um, Alpha 3, specifically. And then Capcom versus SNK 2. And then games like this, WWF uh, WrestleMania the Arcade game. To me, they're the perfect speed where, like, you can tell what's going on despite all the craziness going on the screen. You recognize when you're moving up and down. You know what plane you're on. You know what you can dodge. You know what you can't dodge. And it doesn't feel overwhelming to the eye. It's actually, in my opinion, a legit good fighting game. It's not going to, like, win any stupid awards. Like, it's no Garu, Mark of the Wolves level of good. Um, in my opinion, it's not even like a Street Fighter 2 level of good, in my opinion, but it's sort of like a solid attempt at a wrestling game that kind of takes itself a bit less seriously and wants to get more cartoony and fast with his over-exaggerations. Because, I mean, you're in wrestling. What isn't funny about The Undertaker, like, pulling, like, a random tombstone out of his pocket and then bashing your head with it several times, <laughs> you know? Shit. Yeah, just to be fun, or what, or like, how's that not funny that like Yokozuna is gonna throw you down and then do a, and do his bonsai and basically butt slam you? <laughs> like, it's hilarious, and he does it by jumping like thirty feet in the air and then he'll butt slam you. So it's it's exaggerated stuff like that that I find funny, and I like that I like the fact that the game just doesn't take itself all that serious, and that's what makes it fun, which is why I wanted it on this list because <laughs> it's one of those things that. Well, at the time, you know, you could play it really in most arcade stores growing up in rural South Carolina. I never unfortunately saw it anywhere, but it, but it did exist. And when I got to play it on PlayStation, I was surprised at how much fun I was having. And it's surprisingly addicting. Um, if I can ever get a way to put it on Fightcade, then we, all three of us, or at least two of us, should play it sometime. Yeah, I we guarantee need to, we need to like work it. on that. I'm sure... We could troubleshoot you, Jay, and we can get that shit working. I didn't. I didn't seek that out. I uh, got a couple games working on Fightcade. I think you've seen. I mentioned to you. We'll have to dick around. Mm -hmm. in. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to play this. But yeah, I mean, in conclusion, um, WWF WrestleMania the Arcade game is a legit good fighting game. Um, it's old, like it's old school nostalgic greatness. And for anybody listening, if you can find it on Fightcade or in any or through any other type of emulator. Um, I'll always recommend it. original hardware. Yeah, or better yet, buy it if you can. But if you do buy it, I recommend the most accessible one is probably going to be the MS DOS version or the PlayStation version because the Genesis version, the music is washed down and crap. The most people that I know don't have a 32x, but the 32x Genesis version is a little bit better. The Sega Saturn version at least has good graphics, but the but 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 the screen is a little stretched, unfortunately. So, you know, and like, and the SNES version is only missing two characters. So that's not, that automatically means it's not worth it because the roster ain't big anyway. So if you're going to get a version of this, buy the PlayStation version or the MS-DOS version. Or if you can find, or if you actually know of an arcade that still has this game, then play that. But I highly doubt it because it's kind of an old cabinet. But that's, you know, but that's my little contribution to this. And most people should play it. It's a great game. There you go. And, and Shawn Michaels... Sprite probably exists in MK2.
Uh, yes, it probably it, pro- it probably does. And I guess for reference, Shawn Michaels was my absolute favorite wrestler for a time. I still have fond memories of that one WrestleMania back in the day where him and Bret Hart finally fought each other. And it was one of the most disappointing moments in wrestling history for me because the idea behind them fighting was they were going to do a fight where if if one person got pinned, the match didn't stop. Basically, basically they had to pin each other. And then once they pinned each other, they had to like count those pins and then they would get back up and continue fighting. They were basically on like an hour time limit. So they like fought for an hour. Pins. Yeah. Whoever the most pins wins. And the entire time where they fought for this like full fledged hour, no one got a single pin on the other. They eventually went into overtime to where it became whoever got one pin would win. Well, and JJ, due to some time, I, I hate to break it to you. What? You know it's not a real fight, right? <laughs> I know it's not a real fight, but dude, but dude, at the time, at the time, it was real to me. <laughs> like I was, I was emotionally invested. Yeah, I was, I was emotionally invested. I was in this, I was in this male soap opera, like basically for, like for legit reasons. And Shawn Michaels got the pin on Bret Hart, but that's because Bret Hart was distracted by something that man was saying to him, and. It ended up in this massive, massive drama. Bret Hart didn't realize it was going to be that way. He ended up leaving wrestling for a time because of it. And Shawn Michaels got the title. So I was happy, but not happy. And that's my like 13-year-old boy rant on that. So, <laughs> Would you have been 13? Because I think I was around 13 when I started to watch WWF. I was probably WCW. about 14 or 15 in reality. Because what? I was born in 82. And so, this I thought this came would have been 95. more like closer to when you were like preteen. Because like. I was no, about 13, no, no. 14 when I started watching WWF, and that's when they had Stone Cold and The Rock and Mankind and all that. Around the time I got out of wrestling was when WCW was doing the New World Order, and like Sting and Hulk Hogan like joined the New World Order, and they be, be and they became yeah, quote unquote that, evil. I was and at that point, that I got out of it. Right before WWF, I kind of I don't know why I switched to WWF, but that that was also one of those traumatizing moments to me is when. Hulk Hogan joined the NWO and, and they had the feud with Macho Man Randy Savage, who was you know, supposed to yeah. be the best of friends. Man, it really traumatized me. Fucking so Yeah, bad. like at that like at that at that point at that at that point I got out of it because I'm like, man, so many betrayals for no reason. Everybody's going to the dark side and there was this guy named Kane who was running around yep, that was also kind of new, who was supposed to be like the new Undertaker, and he like beat the Undertaker, and I was like, man, I'm done. Did they become <laughs> partners though? The Kane Kane became the Undertaker's second man, didn't he? I don't know, man. I, I got out of it before I ever oh, got see, resolved because right I was I, I, I was too I was way I was way too emotionally invested in the relationships at the time, and when <laughs> they all got broken down, I was I was I was a bitter, angry kid, and I left it. Didn't they merge too? Didn't didn't WCW For, fighters? Yeah, merge WCW? yeah. That that that's a whole Vince McMahon thing, and we won't go into that because yeah. that's a whole confection of history, right Giant there. Giant fucking empire. Yeah. Anyway, yep. we'll move on from that because this isn't the wrestling podcast. <laughs> yes. Well, we've had the power of just podcasting the wrestling podcast. So, Josh, I guess so. we're gonna geek out. Well, yeah. So, uh, Josh. So, on you. What is like? What is your fighting game repertoire well, that you want to? Grace mine's us not with? connected to a franchise, so I'm not going to get to geek out about '90s kids martial arts movies or '90s kids oily men grappling shows. I'm going to geek out about basically what was the epidemic of 3D fighting games. I would call Mortal Kombat clones, but this is in the late '90s, and we started to get a lot of the. I guess you would call them. 
Virtua Fighter clones or Tekken clones. And uh, the game we're going to talk about, Mace, the Dark Age, is one of them. Uh, and it's heralded as uh, the Soul Edge for the N64. But it did start out in the Cade first. But yeah, I played it. Uh, I played it on the N64 back in the day, and uh, this is along with games like I said, these 3D Virtua Fighter clones. Or there was Dark Rift, there was War Gods, and and there was one other one. Oh hell, what was Fighters it? Destiny? No, oh Bio Freaks. I don't know about Fighters Destiny. What? No, you don't remember Bio? Dude, I remember Fighters Destiny. I remember that game. I don't remember that at In all. The N64? No. Yeah, I remember Fighters yeah. Destiny. I. Yeah, I got that. I, I think I got Fighter Destiny 2. And this is one I think I've mentioned on the podcast before where my N64 was basically just all uh, copies or like impo- like clones of popular games. <laughs> so instead of Tekken, I got Fighter's Destiny. Yeah, because you can't get Tekken on N64. <laughs> right. And this is in the era too where like there weren't a lot of good fighting games for the N64. So, Mace... I the, there never was one. I mean, there was not an original one, no. There there was, you know, had a Mortal Kombat trilogy. And then, yes... Well, there was Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers was on the N64. I mean, Jay, you've made the argument that Smash Brothers is not a fighting game. You're right, it's not. But it can be treated... It can be... It, it, like, it can be treated... It's a fighting one. game when it serves Once. as narrative. Yeah, yeah. it serves... And that's, yeah. that was the first Smash Brothers game. And it more or less is a fighting game. And, uh, but it was a little different. You know, it had its Mortal Kombat trilogy. And then, yes... Uh, the it's Mace's cousins, War Gods, which I do remember playing. Dark Rift, which I have a faint memory of. But the reason I wanted to talk about Mace is because that one stood out to me the most. I think I played it the most. Uh, I played it right before this podcast, and my initial impression was okay, a little clunky, rose-colored glasses. It's a clunky game. It's got some hellaciously generic characters, but it does got something special in it the more i played it uh so so basically the setup of and oh by the way this is uh initially appeared in the arcades and uh was yeah it was developed by atari games which i didn't do extensive research for this episode but it appears to be in some sort of partnership with midway uh i I read something that i did not confirm that they emerged at some point or midway acquired atari games what i do know is midway developed the home port and guess what? It only came out in N64. It, it was supposed to come out for PlayStation as well, but it never did. Uh, and I don't know why. Mm. So this is a... I'll be honest. Like This is one of those games where I've always heard the name Mace the Dark Age, but I didn't know the fighting game until you brought it up for this podcast. Yeah, because it could sound like Dynasty Warriors or, or like... Uh, I thought it was an RPG or something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, well, now that I have it, because I, I went ahead and bought an N64 cart, you come over to my place, we can play it. Although, I have fought so much and gotten good at the title, uh, the, the cover image character, Lord Demos, who I'll get into the characters, that I'm going to have to pick a different character, because I think I could slay you uh, with him. But uh, That's the first. It's, I, I haven't been good at... <laughs> Fuck you, man. Um, but i was not good enough to beat the game but uh basically the setup of it is it takes place in hey guess what the dark ages uh and it it gives some story setup of you know semi-accurate historical context of kingdoms in battle and all that and it mentions you know 
Europe in conflict and the Hans, you know, and all that. Just any excuse to get these generic, uh, culturally based characters. uh, And there's like seven kingdoms established that are, you know, cool with the way things are. And some evil dude has the mace of Turin or Tarin or whatever. That is your MacGuffin, McWhatever, that, you know, can grant multiple McPower. And our main characters want to grab it for their own purposes, some good, some evil. And so then we get this roster of very, you know, cultural stereotype characters. You get your, uh, your there's a female ninja uh, who's very much Melina, you know, or Katana looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a, uh, harem girl who, you know, is secretly trained in the, you know, combative arts and scimitar, uh, so a little Middle Eastern influence. There's a, like a Persian dude, uh, and there's a, there's a freaking Viking and he keeps randomly shouting Valhalla, Valhalla. Uh, <laughs> and there's like a, a freaking okay. English or Italian, apparently like mercenary with a, with a mace appropriately uh and like a, another guy named the executioner who's like the most cringe character ever they're they're kind of they and there's a blind monk there is a they there is a freaking samurai like decked out completely with like samurai armor and like a katana it's, it's a little cringe with some of the the stereotypes of the characters but uh they start to grow me a bit but the the title character who's named lord demos is this mm-hmm. fucking he's he's on the cover and he's this big dude in blood red armor with spikes and he he's like the mountain from Game of Thrones. This dude's fucking big and he wields a, a flaming sword. And his story is something like he he's a warlord and leader of this village in Bavaria somewhere and he's like one of the fabled seven, you know, kingdoms or whatever in the story and he's like completely cruel to his peasants and you know he's merciless nobody living has seen his face and his armor is fabled to have been forged from molten lava by himself so it's like this dude's metal as mm. fuck uh and and he's yeah. he's the one i've been picking uh to play even though i'm not big on brute characters you know i, I like my light floaty characters there's just something cool about lord demos and he has what sounds like the bowser at mario 64 laugh <laughs> What he wins. <laughs> really? He's so cool. Uh, even his uh, outro is awesome. Uh, in this game, if you lose, uh, in other words, if you run out of continues, because you do have a limited number of continues even on the N64 version, uh, not if you, you refuse to continue, but you have to run out of continues to get this, you get a, a ending message, an ending text scroll like you would if you won the game only to show how your character failed. Uh, and I don't recall <laughs> Mortal Kombat or anything doing like that. And I didn't see Lord Demos's winning text. Cause guess what? I'm not one good enough to beat the game. I got about halfway through the ladder and I refused to set it on easy. I played it at the default medium and I'm, you know, so stubborn. I know well, I, maybe I should have, but you know, I can always YouTube, YouTube the endings, but and after we're done recording this, like I was kind of belligerently playing it because I was involved in full confession. I was setting up Fightcade on my laptop and I was kind of getting into retro mode. And for some reason, I got in a Parasite Eve, a Parasite Eve bug bit me. 
You remember that game? Oh. And so yeah. I could have used this to fucking emulate Mortal Kombat Mythology's Sub-Zero and, you know, share some of the pain of you you've seen. But I, I did get a PS1 emulator running so I could play Parasite Eve. And I started to play it. But then my friend and her kids came over and then I dedicated to playing Mace. Uh, so I haven't played it except for one day. But uh, I was hot to get back on Parasite Eve. But I might continue playing Mace so I can beat the goddamn fucking thing. I feel determined now. But uh, if you lose, though, with Lord Demos, his his ending is... It gives you this text scroll and like this book. And it tells you uh, that, you know, you return home... Uh, unable to succeed and obtain the mace of Turin. And while he was gone, all the peasants of his village have swarmed his lair and are outraged and, you know, fed up with him. And he's too weakened from his battles to be able to fight them back. And he he doesn't, can't stand the thought of losing to peasants. So in his one final moment, realizing there's no other course of action, he jumps into the molten lava that surrounds his lair and, and, you know, sacrifices himself and it says quote unquote after the flames subside all that was left was the the smoldering you know remains of his armor and i'm like god damn that is metal as fuck Dang. this this game is metal as fuck quite literally it, even though it takes place in the like the middle ages or whatever the the score is like fucking hard rock like the first stage, you're fighting the dude in like in front of a European castle, and it's like it's really. You should look up the soundtrack. It's pretty groovy, but uh, no, I've only seen a few clips of it recently. Yeah, it's uh, I wouldn't call it a groundbreaking game, but at the time it came out, it kind of was a little bit because one at for the time the graphics were praised, uh. And what blew my mind when I played it, uh, not having played stuff like Virtua Fighter, I think Virtua Fighter 3 is what introduced this, but it had uneven stages. This is a 3D fighter and you could sidestep, but it wasn't a flat plane. You were fighting in environments. So you could be fighting in uh, like a throne room. And so there'll be stairs you have to go, you can go up or there's like a moat surrounding it and you end up like falling in a moat and you're fighting like knuckle to knuckle without being able to sidestep. There's like a lot of environmental, you know, different situations you could find yourself in that might change the nature of the fight. Uh, There's also some of the stages are surrounded by a hazard, like Mr. Lord Demos's stage is surrounded by, guess what, lava. So if you knock someone into lava, it starts hurting them. Uh, So that to my, you know, preteen, teenage mind, this came out in 97, so I don't know how old I was, but... It blew my mind. I'm like, oh, wow, this is cool. It's like I'm fighting in a real movie set and not just like a 2D stage. This is awesome. Uh, and, it, and it represented blood kind of realistically. It's a, it's an M-rated game, but it's not excessively bloody. Uh, yeah. Big, giant, unrealistic globs of blood don't fly out. It's more like a barely noticeable spray, like almost a reasonable, reasonably realistic amount of blood. And you kind of almost don't notice it until it spatters on the floor. They actually have the blood spattering on the floor as you fight. And it's kind of cool. Uh, but replaying it now, it is... My, my first impression was it's clunky as hell and actually wasn't having fun. But then I started to get into it. And there there is a finesse with it. There is a combo system. Uh, it's, it is not... It is not a fluid game. It is still very clunky, but... 
it's serviceable, and I think it might be fun to play one-on-one. Uh, the computer, it's not as cheap as Mortal Kombat, but as you get into it, uh, you could have matches where you could dominate, you know, halfway up the ladder, and if you dominate too much, the computer is like, okay, fuck you, and just totally is, like, unbeatable the next match. It'll block everything, it'll dodge everything, it kind of sucks, but still not as bad as, like, Mortal Kombat 2 was when we played that. Uh, I'm determined to beat it, though. But it's a pretty cool game. Uh, and, yeah, at the time was heralded as, you know, one of the few fighting game gems uh, on the N64. I, w- I was about to to consider talking about War Gods for this one, but I remember more of uh, Mace, I guess, because it just has enough of a charm. Was there ever a sequel to Mace? No, never. Mm. Uh, I was looking to see, too, if anybody on the team, Midway, is... You know what ported it to the N sixty four. If there's any familiar names, maybe you know, maybe a Mister John Vogel or Dan Ford. No, none of them worked on the localization of this. Uh, and I don't know. It was popular enough. It got fair to positive reviews, but I guess not enough to get a sequel. Uh, it did have a long, arduous development because, like, one of the interesting things I read is they had like almost thirty characters outlined based on, you know, cultural this or, or mythology and stuff like that. And they actually used a panel of teenagers to help narrow down the 10 or so characters that they, they kept for the final game. Mm-hmm. And so was, I, I got to wonder how generic those other 20 characters that we didn't get to see are. But they're all, you know, like culturally based, except for the two hidden characters that were hidden in the arcade and free-to-play available right out the gate on the N64, which is Hell Knight, which is this Todd McFarlane-looking mother effer. is basically a demon of horns and twin axes. And some zombie dude with, like, armor, like a Ray Harryhausen-looking thing. And his winning his winning pose, too, is he laughs and his arm falls off. It's... it's The game gets kind of corny. There are fatalities, too. Huh. They call them executions. And okay. some of them are kind of eh. Some of them, there are very simple fatalities in line with like MK1. Like my my main dude, Lord Demos, he just basically impales you with his great sword and hurls you up to the air and like a river of blood flows out of you. Uh, other characters wow. like the, uh, the warrior sorceress, uh, not Taja, I forget her name. She turns you into a chicken. The crap? She just goes, woof, 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 and light envelops you, and you turn into an oversized chicken, which is actually a setup for a, a secret unlockable character, which is Pojo, the fighting chicken. You could play as a goddamn fucking chicken in this game. Oh, my like, God. This, really? this game's grim and serious, but it's still got like that kind of Mortal Kombat-ish sense of humor. So, yeah, a secret character yeah. is a god goddamn chicken about the size of a dog. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, he has the what you would expect uh, is like a move set. Like he can launch eggs and you know, his kick, he just scratches you his talons. His fatality is he just picks you up and carries you off stage. It's silly. Okay. Uh, the other instance of humor. So before every match, there's a very street fighter esque thing of uh, the both characters portraits, albeit yeah. monochromatic. Like they're drawn on like parchment paper with a quote, you know, them taunting each other. Sometimes they'll say a generic thing. Sometimes they'll say something character specific if, like, you know, 
two of the characters have history like oh i hope your family rests in the afterlife yada 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 most of them are serious almost all of them are serious except lord demos has one where he says i'm so evil that i don't rewind my vhs tapes <laughs> even though it's middle ages i'm not i didn't catch it in the n64 version but i was watching some some let's plays to try and get better at demos and so it might have been arcade only but yeah he legit says that this medieval knight dude in armor who doesn't rewind his vhs tapes because he's that much of an asshole overall he's so evil he's so evil yeah. he doesn't wash his hands well he probably doesn't because he supposedly probably wears his armor all the time <laughs> this game man i i I would play it at your place someday. Yeah, dude, I encourage it. I don't regret buying it. Like I said, my first impression was, okay, it's a clunky game, but I got into it, dude. Like I said, I'm going to continue playing it, even though I don't have to when we're done recording, because I'm determined to... I was just getting good. I was just managing to beat the the one fighter that, that stymied me halfway up the ladder. Like, I was starting to get them, so... If I could just push a little more. The only thing is, you get four continues, you could set it up to six continues... And you got about, what, 12 fighters, including the sub-boss and the final boss? Oh, which, by the way, yeah, the sub-boss is just this big, kind of looks like, uh, what's the fucking sub-boss of MK4, which you have yet to play? Draman? No, no, Draman's a zombie. Oh, uh, Moloch? Moloch. The big fucking troll. Uh-huh. Dude. They got a dude here that looks like Moloch, and he's named Grendel. <laughs> yeah, and he's just a giant troll, dude. Um, but then the final boss, which is Asmodeus, which keeps being referenced, is actually a giant dragon demon who's literally his lower torso is sunken to the ground, so only his upper torso is fighting you, and he's like three times as big as you. What? And yeah, I, I was not wanting to watch the boss fight to not spoil myself, but I knew I wasn't going to beat the game before we recorded, so I, I, I watched a yeah. playthrough. I watched all the fatalities video. So I could see some of the fatalities, and yeah, he has his own. But yeah, he he is terrifying. He is like it's fight. It's like fighting Liu Kang's dragon in a fighting game. Mm. Like, oh my god! So, but yeah, I recommend playing it. I'm probably not going to talk about this game as long as as you guys did because it doesn't involve a familiar franchise to to gush about. But I do recommend playing it. It's not the most fine-tuned fighting game but it's it's fun enough i think it's got it's got enough of a flair and yeah there is an advanced combo system in it which i have not mastered you can get up to like seven hit combos chaining together moves there's a there's uh deflecting moves i want to say there's even special cancels in it it's it's on its way to being be, advanced it could be fun yeah it's a fun game I, I, i'll wait till i get to your place to play it maybe i mean yeah otherwise you'd have to power, get if for your N64. If your power your power su- supply or whatever is the problem, I could probably bring mine. Oh no, I got it working. Yeah, I just had to I just had to jam that shit in there. Uh, yeah, I think it was just okay. it was just sitting a little loose. It's you good, have man. two controllers? I got three controllers, buddy. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I got two yeah. classic controllers and one of those lame ass turbo third party controllers. Oh, you didn't have the 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 see-through purple one no no never did i just got the two grays oh, i got i only one. ever literally the first controller i owned was the turbo one because my sister bought it for me because she knew i was getting an n64 so it was kind of like a prep and i'm like great i have this controller 
and I, I have this game system that my whole life seems to be centered around anticipating, but I can't play it. So I'd, I'd hold this this turbo controller, which is dude. Is it hmm. isn't it wild? I was the same way. I was counting down the days until dude, I was able to. N sixty four was the center of my life. Remember, I said at the beginning of the episode, my dad was saying we didn't come here to play video games. I was kind of I was yeah. kind of separating two stories. It wasn't that time I was playing uh, Power Rangers to some kids. It was when Mario sixty four was available to play in the kiosks, mm. and that was like just fucking. Mm, the holy grail it's like this is mario yeah 64. mine was like oddly enough mine was uh wcw versus nwo world tour there you go that was like, that was your i big played it at holy grail yeah i played it at my yeah i played it at my cousin's place like he had that and um cruising world oh uh, yeah cruising world i bought that recently literally very recently so, uh pawn shop uh, sd4 version yeah man Oh, dude, we should play that. We sometime. should. I got it. I got it. Apparently, there's a new. I think I like Cruising USA a tad better. You got to judge them on how good the song is. <laughs> they always love yeah, the song. But there's a new one. There's a new one, and I've heard reviews of it. And I heard if you own, I think it's on all platforms. I I basically heard there's no reason for you not to own this game because apparently it is exactly what the cruising games. Were like in but school. I heard it's like a port of a mobile game or something, or a port of something. It didn't look like a mobile game to me. Also, no, is dude, maybe, you can ride a Triceratops. It's true. Or drive a. It's true. Triceratops. But yeah, I my cousins had those games, and that maybe like, you know, I mean, there was a whole thing of like, you know, at the same time that when I was getting it, like, because it was like ninety eight, ninety nine, something like that. Around that time was when. Uh, the Star Wars pod racing game came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember playing that. Everybody was going crazy over that, but I was like, nah, I just need WCW versus NWO. And everybody was talking about uh, Mario 64. I was like, nah, just get me a uh, Cruise World. Oh, and, man, you didn't get like, affected Smash by Mario 64 in the slightest? Huh? You didn't get affected by Mario 64 in the slightest? That didn't change your world? I never played it until the Switch version came What? Out. I played bits of it in like a kiosk at like Kmart. Yeah, but I never actually played the game until. Oh man, a, this, a uh, bit of a kiosk at a Kmart is all you really need. But you know, true. But that's the only time I played it. Nobody I knew had it or was actively playing it. Huh. Yeah, we were all playing multiplayer games like uh, Mario Kart, GoldenEye, obviously stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, God, I love GoldenEye. I don't know. Here I am saying that, and literally the first game I got for my N64 was Mortal Kombat Trilogy. We need to we need to get a day when we just get together and play some N64. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I was about to say, like, I never had an N64, like, actually growing up. I only played it from friends and stuff like that. So the games I only ever played is that I... Um, is that I did play? Um, I did play Mario sixty four like a little bit. I did play GoldenEye a little bit. I of course played a little bit of Conquerors Bad Fur Day because everybody knew that one. Um, I but <laughs> but other than that, like I think I think that's kind of it. I didn't really play a lot of N sixty four games. Yeah. Like I Good never played Star Fox. I never played that uh, that one either on N sixty four. You never played Star Fox? Not on N sixty four. I did play the Super Nintendo the ver- version at least. D- um no dude actually the first because i never had an snes i was i, I was a genesis kid god so. you're missing out i mean star fox i mean i got a playstation 64 but... the only two good star fox games but still i've never played those either man the fuck's wrong oh, with you? um 
Dude, well, you got, Josh, you, got... you never played Sonic the Hedgehog 1, 2, or 3. Yes, I did. So... I didn't own them, but I had cousins and friends that had Genesis's, and I played Sonic over there. Yeah, and you never played Beavis and Butthead the game. No, I played you. the Super Nintendo version. I never played that either. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll get you over. There's a lot of good games you missed out in the N64. Like, uh, you know, I keep gushing about Shadow Man. They came out in PlayStation, but the PlayStation version sucked. But, of course, you can get it. You can get the remaster now. I got... You know, I brought over, I'm traveling a lot lately, so, you know, I, I traveled to my N64 to keep playing Mace, uh, but also, in case I wanted to play it, uh, picked up Body Harvest to, to take back home, if y'all never play that game. That was only an N64, and it was an excellent game. And yeah, Goldeneye, every fucking college dorm residing person fucking loved playing Deathmatch. The N64 is a good system, man. And yeah, Mace is Dark Age. I'm going to keep playing. I, you know, I might go out and get uh, War Gods and Dark Rift and just fucking collect these weird 3D Virtua Fighter clones. I posted a, pic, posted a picture of what survived 20 years of movies. Oh, hey, man. What's you got here? Let me open the full Oh, screen. my God. I see it. <laughs> you got the purple controller. You got the gray controller. You got... You know, it is depressing that you played Superman 64 more than you oh, did God, Mario that's 64. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's one of the, that's known as one of the worst games ever made. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. But you got I Perfect Dark. I've been wanting to play yeah. that again. But I never... I didn't I didn't have the uh, expansion pack, so I never played the the, the single player. Oh, you can't play single player game. without the expansion pack? That lame. Yeah. yeah. I had to get the expansion pack because that's the only way I could play Majora's Mask and Resident Evil 2. Mm. Yeah. Or Donkey Kong. 64. But I did I ever tell you a story about the Superman yeah. 64 game? You could tell it here if, you, if people haven't heard it on the show, but it is because it is a good story. So yeah, it was it was my brother's birthday, uh, and he wanted we went to Kmart to get a game. Your brother's real little at this point, right? Yeah, because at this point he would have been like six or seven, maybe something like that. Uh, or no, maybe like nine, something like what well, he wasn't 10 yet, I think. And we went, and there's a bunch of games that you know at that point that came out. We we're looking at it, and I was like, you know, there was like Mario Party and like Smash Brothers, and like just a bunch of games. Uh, but we weren't looking at like I guess we weren't looking at first party games because those are all really expensive, so we're looking at like games that were like on sale or whatever. And I can't remember what game that I was looking at, but my brother was fixated on Superman. And I think I remember you telling me, but I can't remember, but it was a universally praised game, like whatever it was. I remember like you should have gotten that. You should have been able to get that one instead. I don't know if it was Goldeneye or something else. Uh, was it Goldeneye? It wouldn't have been Goldeneye because we would have both gotten that. Okay. I remember it was something like whatever you said, I'm like, oh my god, how'd you not get that game and ended up getting this? Man, my memory sucks because I can't even remember what the other game was that we were fighting over. I have to ask him. But it definitely was one of those games that we were like, oh man, this, like, history would have been different. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I remember looking at the back, like, this doesn't look that great. But it was his birthday, and my dad was like, this is his birthday. He chooses. Uh,. So we got that, and like I feel like immediately we <laughs> regretted playing get in the game. It was the second time he did that to us too. The first time was when we were back in the Sega Genesis days. I was at home. I forget why, but 
my brother went with my mom and dad to shopping and stuff, and they went to Kmart again, and he came back with a game, uh, which was called Global Gladiators, and I think he thought, because this is what, he was even younger, he was, he must have been like five or six, I think he thought it was like American Gladiators, but a game, mm-hmm. and it turned out to be just this like marketing ploy game for McDonald's. What the fuck? Where, have you ever heard of this game? No. Gladiators? No. It's a side-scrolling game where you're a kid with like this ooze gun and you're going through these like weird it, it was very trippy like colorful psychedelic type levels but like also it looked kind of post-apocalyptic. It was weird. And you're basically going through the levels just like fighting these like goo monsters and collecting the golden arches and they're all in different colors. And if you get all of them and you get to the end, then Ronald McDonald comes out and starts dancing. What the Christ? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have I I I don't know where that game came from, but I, f- I think if let me look up the cover cuz I feel like the cover we it, it was also it wasn't we didn't get the game with the cover. I think, I think it, it was a loose game, I think. Global Gladiator. It was the weirdest game. Global Gladiators. Yeah, we definitely didn't have the the box, because otherwise we, he would have known. Uh, yeah, this game is weird. Yeah, Ronald McDonald sh- is at the end with like a checkered flag. Why, why a to... checkered flag? Was that his thing? Because you get into the end of the level. Okay. <laughs> I dude, I don't ask me how to. It's like Jex Quest or some shit. I'm gonna post another picture here. All right. This is uh, this is the end of the level. Oh my god! <laughs> oddly terrifying. Oddly, yeah, oddly oh, terrifying. Is, so this is what it looks like. The game right here, uh, just the cart, and this is why you wouldn't know what this game was. Really? What the Christ, man? Yeah, I never yeah. played. I never played this game. Oh, you can see though the little McDonald's arches right hidden there in the corner. But when you're like six, you, know. you don't really pay attention. You just see. Global gladiators, like oh, this is like American gladiators, bigger. Nope. <laughs> nope, not even close. Well, this makes me think of that. Uh, we're going off the rails now, but have you ever heard of that that McDonald's training game for the Nintendo DS? No. It's it's one of the most coveted rare gaming items to acquire, but uh, in Japan specifically, I think it was produced is literally a DS game that you could play. If you're a new hire McDonald's employee, that trains you. You you train by playing the 3DS and going through the courses. Sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's not a game. It's training, but it's been like a coveted item for collectors. Man, I almost want to get a uh, find the ROM for the Global Gladiators and play it again. Oh uh, yeah. Hey man, do it. Hey, maybe it's terrible. Maybe if it's good, we'll. Maybe we'll stream that. <laughs> it's not. I can guarantee you it's not. Okay. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> We're better off playing a, a classic MK or, hell, even Street Fighter oh, the game, sure. the movie, which I was just telling Jay about. Uh, I'd much rather play Street Fighter the movie, the game. Yeah. Street Fighter the game, the movie. Street Fighter the movie, the game. Whichever it is. <laughs> so. I think we rattled off. Uh, like, I guess I didn't have much to say about the Mace, the Dark Age, uh, as much as Power Rangers or wwf but it's a good game go play it. it 
it is hard to sell a game that's not attached not, to a franchise or just talk about a game that's like not part of a franchise i guess yeah well, well, I mean, these days, like, like a, you have, like, your mainline franchise games, but I would even say I can't really recall newer, more prominent fighting games coming out that don't actively copy something else that already exists. Uh, like, funny enough, say, there's even... There's no original ideas anymore. Well, like, funny enough, even <clears throat> Smash Brothers uh, still copied the idea of the brawler and kind of put their own spin on oh, it. Copy but it's, from what? What's the idea of the brawler? You mean, like... Beat em ups, because yeah, well, jobs. like it, well, beat em ups are are like are still kind of a thing, but the idea that you have more than two characters like, to one what game was a brawler, as a brawler before Smash Brothers. Um, I mean, like WWF WrestleMania, oh, yeah, okay. like the arcade yeah, game. So. That is a brawler, like but by like by actual default definition. Day or Smash Brothers yeah. is two D playing and very floaty, rapid. Almost like Dragon Ball Z fighters. Yeah. Way too fast. What's uh, actually kind of unique about Smash Brothers, though, just to give it some credit, is that it took the idea of the brawler and did put it on a 3D, 2D plane. I don't know of, I don't really know of any other game outside of potentially Power Stone, but Power Stone, I think, came out after Smash Brothers. Yeah, I could be wrong, but. Yeah, but Power Stone well, yeah, is sort of like one of the is one of the old school brawlers from back in the day. But it was more on a, it was more on like an aerial plane, while Smash Brothers was on a straight two D plane. But both were three D well, games that fe- that featured more than one fighter. Well, I mean, it was a Dreamcast game, so it had to come out either in nineteen ninety nine or after. So yeah, if that's the case, then yeah, Smash Brothers, the you know, Smash Brothers came out with its own version of what they of what they perceived their thrall or th- you know their brawler to be. So again, more power to Nintendo. They're always the innovators. I got to give them credit for that. They're always the innovators about this stuff. But there's. I feel like that in the future, like if we get like other, like especially like with like with news that Mortal Kombat 12 will actually be coming out, what will change about it? It wouldn't surprise me if we get other Mortal Kombat clones. And I actually think that at some point in the future, like maybe in the far distant future, that we actually do an episode on like Mortal Kombat clone games specifically, but like more modern ones if they exist, like ones that were made within the last like five years. Because I know that they exist, I just don't know any of them. <laughs> But I'm sure they're around. Boy, maybe we should do some more random episodes on, you know, seldom talked about fighting games. Like I'm thinking, like ones I never played, like Pit Fighter. You ever hear of Pit Fighter? I've heard of it, but I never. That played was a digitized it. actor game that predates Mortal Kombat uh, by by a couple months. Dude, I could do a whole freaking episode on talking about Bloody Roar. Bloody Roar is like one of my all-time favorites. Or things, Primal man. fucking uh, Rage, which dude... I was oh yeah, looking, Primal Rage is a great one I too. I was looking for that on Fightcade. All I got is the, the SNES version, uh, not the arcade version, disappointingly. But uh, I might get the SNES, SNES version and play that. Cause dude, yeah, Primal you see, Rage you is You never played Primal one. Rage? That game's dope. Uh, dope as fuck. No, I never played then it. again, I say it's dope as fuck, and I haven't played it since I was like fucking ten. So take that mm. with a grain of salt. Also, I've never met anybody that has actually played like the original predecessor to Soul Calibur, which is Battle Arena Toshinden. Um, oh, they I it was Soul Edge. Uh, huh? Soul Edge, yeah. Well, before Soul Edge, I mean, Soul Edge is there too. But before Soul Edge, believe me, there was Battle Arena Toshinden. Wasn't that two D? Um, 
No, that was all. Uh, that entire game is all 3D. It was basically a block fighter game, but they made Battle Arena Toshinden one, two, and three. And I used to, and I and I remember playing all three of those games. And I didn't like two so much, but I loved one and three. Um, that was a, that like that like that was my game. Like back when we were doing like the fighter game live at live action adaptation episode when we mm-hmm. talked about potentially doing like animated movie fighting game adaptations oh, but we decided not to be, yeah yeah because there's a lot but there actually is a battle arena toshinden anime out there and it is it actually is you know actually quite good like quite um uh quite like the game storyline itself it really is kind of funny but the, the whole thing is very soul caliber like all of it is so soul caliber it's not even funny so or I know that Soul Calibur is the spiritual successor to that entire thing. There's another game I'd like to try that I know, Jay, this would make you happy, is Darkstalkers. Oh, yeah. I've Dude, always wanted I can... to play that ever since a kid because I've seen Dude, Darkstalkers. Darkstalkers is so much fun. But, dude, a lot of people know what that – a lot of people know that. That basically is like, you know, if you take Street Fighter and combine it with, like, with Universal Studios monsters and then make it, like, way more crazy and zany. Like, way more crazy and Sign zany. Sign me up. Darkstalkers awesome. is so much fun. That sounds fucking awesome. I mean, and, it's the only game oh. where the it's the only game where you get like a little girl that dresses up as Red Riding Hood that wields Uzis, <laughs> and okay. yeah, and, and like and has like an, like and has bombs or something, and has freaking bombs in her basket. And then of course, like yeah, you have John Talbane, Kung Fu British Werewolf. Like that's all I really kind of had to say. And you have like, oh my god, yeah, and then you have like freaking Donovan, who is like this crazy like freaking like dude and then you have freaking dimitri which is probably one of the coolest vampires in any game ever damn <laughs> like all these guys are cool like you've got like are like, they coming they're coming out with a collection like next month that yeah has all of them. oh shit yeah really? and and i and i fully recommend if you're gonna play any dark starkers game though dark starkers 2 i always thought was my favorite one they they made three um but like, uh, but I really want just a new reboot Darkstalkers game. They've done it for Samurai Showdown. They've done it for Street Fighter. They've done it for Tekken. They've done it for King of Fighters, like considerably. They keep bringing back all these old school games. And man, I just want my Darkstalkers remake so bad because I would play the crap out of that. I used to love that game. Yeah, I'll go find it. And Josh, the collection is going to be on Switch so you can get it too. But I don't know if I want to spend money in a collection like i've been tempted to to spend money on the the street fighter collection which you know i've been advised maybe isn't the best yeah, financial choice greatest or if i want to see if, if uh, any of them are on fightcade but if they're not yeah i might buy it and switch because i've always been interested I want to get in anyway it. just because i want to support mm-hmm. like games like drugstock even though i've never played Darkstar before but just yeah more you know classic games that were really original and great for their time and stood the test of time you know uh, boy, that makes me. I, I have two threads going on in my mind right now. One is, boy, boy, wouldn't it be cool if they made like a Castlevania fighting spinoff? They could, as I you mean, fight as the different Belmonts or different different boss monsters like Death or or whatever the Needle Nose guy is, or you know, fucking Dracula himself when, or an Alcard. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, I mean, they did. Well, to be fair, I guess they did make it. They did make an anime on Netflix of it, which is actually yeah, quite good. And you and I watched <laughs> so. the first two seasons. I, I left your place. I didn't get to see a third season. It was pretty cool, though. Yeah. I mean, put, once put I saw Warren out, like, like once I saw Warren Ellis's name on it, I'm like, this is gonna be good. Who Warren Ellis that? is a great writer. Oh, writer. Okay. Yeah, he's a comic book writer, but he's written some pretty dang good stuff. Like for any comp for any comic book enthusiasts out there, they're listening. Like Warren Ellis is a great writer. I have some criticisms on seasons two 
I like season one just fine. Season two kind of got a little cringe for me. Well, season three, I know for a fact, Josh, you won't like because it gets very Games of Throny with its like point of view characters and stuff like that. But they I'm make okay up with the point of view characters. Four. I like Isaiah, whatever the two lackeys of Carmillo are. I like them. Um, Isaac, um, Isaac is one and I forget the other guy's name, but trust me, we don't care about that. We only care about Isaac because that version of Isaac is awesome. Like he's, you just he's, like him because he, he said he's, he pretty much mirrored your views on heat and temperatures that you can, all, you, you, you can bundle up as much as you can, but in the extreme heat, you can't take off more than just your skin. There's no escape from the heat. I don't know about all that. I just like Isaac because he's freaking cool. Like Isaac is awesome. <laughs> at least, at least in the anime, he is. Anyway, uh, actually, I have three points because yeah, that, I was thinking, yeah, Castlevania fighting game would be cool. Uh, my other point was why didn't I pick the Godzilla fighting game to talk about for this episode? Because there was a Godzilla fighting game that I think there's two different ones. So I get confused. I'm not talking about the you know 3D WrestleMania style ones that were made by Atari, like. Uh, destroy monsters melee i'm talking about from the 90s there was one that was made for the super famicom and never came out uh, in the united states and i played a rom of that and it is so much more satisfying as a godzilla fan to play than destroy monsters melee were only because they there's more sound effects and music cues that are familiar to you and there's stages from the movies and also uh it's actually really fucking fun to play it's street fighter with Godzilla characters and Jay, they don't move. They don't move slow. They move like Street Fighter characters. <laughs> Good. I've often said, man, like I don't. If you make a giant monster fighting game, throw gravity out the dang window. Have them move like that's fast why they as need crap. to make a new Godzilla fighting game that's two point five D and and you know not like what the past ones have been and really revitalize. They need to fucking do that. Yeah. Uh, there was another one for Neo Geo, and I don't know if they were ports or if they were two different but similar games but uh why didn't i talk about that but i guess i haven't played it extensively enough the other thing i want to mention too is i think there's there's a game they're finally releasing for switch uh the the persona 4 arena ultimax or whatever the goddamn hell it's called the persona fighting game which i guess you know strikers no strikers is a like side quest rpg game uh separate from five but it sounds like it's like a sports or fighting game but it's not it's 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 a side story but yeah arena ultimax or whatever the hell is it while i'm sitting here waiting dying turning into a skeleton waiting for them to release persona 4 for the switch uh i considered like (laughs) oh yeah they got the fighting game there so that might be something i could play soon uh until i you know they eventually do release persona 4 for switch and i could play it for all of like 15 minutes and realize i won't like it but that's a that's a whole nother thing. I think I think I think we're all done, man. I think we talked. Oh yeah, yeah, we are. We talked plenty. Well, we th- well we definitely thank anybody, everybody for listening to our fun little you know charade into the world of other fighting games that may have Mortal Kombat parallels. <laughs> um, I personally enjoy talking about you know the WrestleMania game. It's, it, it, like if I had to pick like one game that is kind of more combat related where like I always wanted to talk about because I always thought it was fun, it's that one. And I'm actually kind of glad Josh that you and Yasin talked about yours cuz I I'd never played Power Rangers um uh, Battle for the Grid and I never played Mace. So no. you kind of got me legit interested in these games. I'm going to so. go out now and see if I can find a physical copy of Battle for the Grid especially since they've added characters now and yeah. 
you guys are welcome. Well, the thing is, if you buy the physical copy... There'll be a download, get, though, uh, for the DLC, right? Right, but... They'll cost I would say get... There's, there's a super edition, I think is what it's called, that has, like, uh, everything up like to Kind of like you could buy MK11 online... And it's all the DLC in one package for a reduced price. Right, it's like that. Yeah, I just hate buying too much stuff digital. It's like when the switch right, when the switch goes away, what am I gonna see. fucking do? Is am I gonna be able to transfer? Right. You know, I don't feel like I own it. Like I regret buying SMT digital. I finally found it physical at Walmart when it wasn't available when I was I had a bug to buy it. Oh, Josh. Huh. You can get the super edition on Switch physical. Of of of. Grid? Really? Power Rangers. Okay. I'll have to see. I'll just, like I said, I'll go to go to Walmart the next time I actually brave going into Walmart because I fucking hate going into Walmart, but uh, sometimes I need to. And since the GameStop near where I live went out of business, that's the only place I can go to get physical games outside of buying them online. So I might go check. Check and see. Otherwise, yeah, I might. I want to I wanna dip into yeah, that. Yeah, let me know if you do. Yeah, I will. And then, uh, yeah, especially, yeah, if it's cross, if it's legit cross-platform. Cross Oh yeah, yep. that'd be fun. And then yeah, uh, you know when you get you guys over at my place, play some Mace, man. Let's do it. And, you cool. know, it might not be as fun as MK11, <laughs> but it's it's a decent fun time. All right. Well, since we're since we're now at the end of this episode, so Josh, take it away with our outro. <laughs> uh, yeah, take it out with the outro. Uh, well. I had something in mind, you know, when we're talking about uh, all these fighting games and trying to think of, like, what haven't they made a fighting game out of yet? You know, you're thinking, like, you know, Power Rangers, you had your fucking Adventure Gladiators or whatever. What if they made, like, a McDonald's fighting game? I got an idea. What have they made? Y'all ever watched The View? Oh, God. <laughs> so. <laughs> the View fighting game, Josh? <laughs> cue the music. Cue the music. Whoopi, Joy Behar, Sonny Austin, Sarah Austin. Haynes. The View Combat! Oh my god. That was terrible. That was awful. Outstanding. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Combat Time Pod. And visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Combat Time Podcast. You can also email us at combattimepodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions you'd like us to answer on the show. See you next time. Mortal Kombat continues. Get over here!